folks say that grown-up men are still just little boys That really the only difference is the price of our toys We go for macho symbols like guns and running shoes Pickup trucks, hunting ducks, and <clears throat> power tools Power tools Holy guacamole, is it cold out there. This is one of those mornings you go out and you breathe through your nose and it freezes. It is that cold. Hey, my name's Denny Smith. This is the Home and Garden Show. Pat's off today, but we're still brought to you by the Michelis Corporation. Water storms, fire and wet basements, life happens. Michelis happens to help you through it. You give them a call if you get in a pickle. It's 844-FIX-INDY. In studio today, Kylan Talley's on the board. I couldn't be happier. Allison Lemons has joined us. And the very famous Jack Phipps. Jack, welcome. Good to have you again. Uh, so happy to be here. Jack, again. I, I, I want the audience to know about Jack Phipps. I uh, happened to find out, somebody was telling me about your computer background. And I go, Jack, he's a horticulturist. <laughs> I said, doesn't he die, buy all the perennials and the annuals at, at uh, Allisonville? I say, you need to ask Jack about his human-computer interface experience. Tell me what's going on with that. Was that your degree? It, so No, actually, I did pre-law as my degree down at IU. Okay. Because uh, law interested me at the time. And then I uh, was really into, you know, iPhones were still, you know, kind of growing. They were already big. But app development I found really interesting. And then the user experience, uh, user interface stuff is really what captivated me. It's, it's amazing. Uh, what you don't know is that if there's a question that comes up in studio, Jack is on his iPhone in a flash. <laughs> you can get stuff up on there pretty quick. So no pre-law. I mean, pre-law, but you just got in a different direction. I think I was not in, it was a little too plain, you know, straightforward for me. Yeah. I like the, uh, everybody argues off the same, you know, set of facts. It's just how you interpret it. Yeah. It's kind of what got me there. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're a man of your generation. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, just, let me ask you how you feel ab- uh, about uh, artificial intelligence. I, 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 I don't want you to know that you're coming into this un- uneven here. I think it is, it's going to be impossible, real, true artificial intelligence. But I, you, you've been in computers longer than I. Yeah, I feel someday you know, I, there's going to be some true artificial intelligence. There just has to be you know, with time going on. But... Uh, I think the thing that interests me the most is seeing how much kids are using it in school, how much people are using it. Um, then even it just seems to be uh, wild, wild west. I guess <laughs> so. Know. Allison, um, on your iPhone, when did you get your first iPhone? First off, I'm loving how calm you are this morning. Oh, oh you just God. you just sound when, so like. You know, don't what? you think, Kylan? He's just very zen this morning. It's I, a nice I morning. Like it. Yeah, yeah it's a nice it morning. is. Thank you, Allison, for noticing. Yeah. And what was the question? The question is, when did you get, to, when did you get your first iPhone? At what age? Or like cell phone? Cell phone. Cell phone in general, like my first one was in, I think, uh, eighth grade, because we started doing like school activities and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I had the flip phone. I had a flip phone too. Mm-hmm. I had loved it. I actually, I love it. I've heard of a couple people going back to it because it's just less stimulating and it's like less distracting. And I, not going to lie, if I wasn't in this business, I may explore that option. You know what? I have a lot of buddies who are just very, very suspicious about, you know, Uncle Sam listening in on everything. And they all have flip phones from generations <laughs> way, way back. For they, that very yeah, reason. For that very reason, so that they can't be tracked. No, My no. theory is if they want to listen, they'll find a way. They'll find I'm not they worried will. about it. Oh, yeah. oh, they absolutely if you're not doing anything will. wrong, you're fine. They I have absolutely. nothing interesting to say. Um, 
Jack, there are a lot of apps that we use on trees. You can actually just do the bark of a tree, and it will tell you what type of tree it is. Have you seen that those are accurate or plant apps like that? So more and more, yeah. Maybe five years ago, I thought, you know, you take a picture of an oak leaf and it tells you it's uh, zinnia. You know, they they weren't that Poison great. ivy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But now they have all these good Google image searches that these apps can kind of use to yeah. um, search the internet and kind of quickly refine to tell you exactly what you have. Um, and I find nowadays they're a lot more accurate. You know, I, I always had my grandma and my mom, we would go out in the woods mushrooming in the springtime yeah. when the spring flowers were coming up. If grandma didn't know what it was, my mom did. And now I'm out in the woods and I, I see the, and I go, what, what is that? So Jane does the Google machine exactly. and, and up it comes. Do, they, do you see people coming into the store at Allisonville? Uh, by the way, Jack works at Allisonville Home and Garden by Sullivan. It's up at 113th in Allisonville. He is a great resource. He's, uh, he's helped me skin the cat a couple times. But do you see people with their phones taking pictures of... Oh, all the time. Uh, and then they'll come in and you know even show us the results that they found from their plant search and they'll say, do you have this? Do you have this? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Did you ever develop any apps? Did you? you did uh, app- I did. So there was one that I started working on um, for quite a while. It was called Fit Living. Uh, it was kind of like a social media about getting people motivated and moving. Uh, but I was involved in that from the ground up. Um, yeah. That's cool. That's a little fun fact Isn't I didn't know. You know. So that's where I started my kind of development and then Building the interface for that, I think, is what I really found interesting. I find it so interesting. Here I've known you, what, for three or four years now. Now I had no idea about this. So you could have been on the Apple Watch thing where it says, it's time to stand. You've been sitting on your butt too long. Exactly. So that was something that had just come out. And I remember, you know, wearing my Apple Watch, feeling so cool that I'm, you know, riding an app that can go to, you know, the Apple Watch, the phone. Um, It was a lot of fun. Just That's crazy. A I just lot think of it's solitary computer time. I just yeah, think I it's so funny that here we are all in here. You know, I'm supposed to be you know radio host, but I'm just a plumber. I'm just a plumber. <laughs> I ran a business. Kylin's an actress, but yet here she is doing the board. Here we um, are. And I have seen videos of you, uh, little Miss Allison, that you did when you were at university, and you did the narration. That's how I got it. Matt says, yeah. are you interested in this lady maybe joining you and Pat? And he sent me some links. So I started learning about Allison. You did, yeah. You did narration. Yeah, I did a lot of voiceover stuff. And then uh, also, like, my major was in film and uh, television. So I did a lot of short films and directing So how did you end up in, in Los cool. Angeles? You actually went to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. So I did a, um, they have like some semester, they call them semesters abroad, but um, I chose Los Angeles, which I guess kind of does feel abroad sometimes. (laughs) So I went to the LA uh, Film Study Center for, uh, they have a semester program. So I went out there and uh, focused on screenwriting. And then I had an internship uh, with uh, Funny or Die, which is Will Ferrell's company. Um, cause they have those connections out there. Did and you was, work with Will Phil? Uh, so I was an intern, so an I was intern. very much stocking the fridge and yeah. <laughs> making runs and picking up costumes and r- making cute cards. But you stocked his fridge, pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So did you work with anybody famous that we would know? Um, yeah, there's tons of people that would come in a lot cause I also ran the reception desk a lot. So I don't know uh, if our listeners will know it's more, uh, my generation people. Yeah. So it's, uh, um, 
if you watch Parks and Recs, the guy who plays John Ralphio, um, Ben Schwartz, he was in there a lot because he was producing a um, show at the time there. So I got to know him a little bit. And um, Jeanette McCurdy and a lot of the Nickelodeon stars came through. Wow. And then a couple celebrities, I had no idea who they were, but people would fill me in later. And uh, the biggest one was um, when I was doing an intern run, I was at a studio and I had to drop off a package or something and I was in line. And my favorite person of all time was in front of me, and that's the only time I've ever been starstruck. And I well, never said anything to them. Who was it? Hillary Duff, the, Liz- oh, the Lizzie McGuire. Oh wow, I'm the a Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Oh my god. She was two. She was two people in front of me, and I didn't say anything to her because I didn't want to be that person because it was in a professional person, yeah. environment. But oh my gosh, that was the to one see person. Hillary Duff. Oh, oh in God. the person. Oh, my gosh. Look at you. I just stared at her the whole time. I was like, you realize you just sat up and started smiling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Best so time So, how ever. long were you in, in Hollywood? Uh, six months. Six months. Mm-hmm. Long enough? And then I, yeah. <laughs> well, long enough. Yeah. yeah, it's a little expensive out there. And so, then I came back here to finish up uh, my college degree. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to Kylan. Kylan, you've been an actress for as long as I have known you. Have you ever worked with anybody, what we would call famous or... No, notorious, maybe? Uh, it's, it's similar to Allison's situation. It's very niche. It just depends on if you've seen them or before. Um, I worked with some people who played with CW... I guess we're acting in CW Supergirl, okay. I believe, is what the show is now called. See, I, I know what CW is. I yeah. got grandkids. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I've been watching They stuff. do a lot of big programming. Yeah. So anybody we would know? I don't remember their name, to be honest. You know, I, quite frankly, I, they were asked the question. They said, I got to work with Kylan Talley. It's true. Oh, One day. <laughs> I'll have to find their name because I don't All remember right. it off the top of my head. It was similar to that situation. It's very niche people. Yeah, you just kind of yeah, run into them. They walk by and I'm like, oh, I don't know who it is. And then someone's like, that was this person. Uh-huh. Exactly. Oh, that was well, that's the, awesome. That was the snow princess at the Indianapolis oh. Zoo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can hear it. Well, the reason I did that is because we're oh, uh, I love that. we're all just radio people here today. But I wanted you to know a little bit more about everybody. Uh, we're here to help you. If you've got questions, comments, what if you want to talk about the cold, if you've been shivering your timbers, you give us a call. It's 317-239-9393. We've got a lot of fun for you today. We're going to have some folks from Chimney Solutions join us because we're midwinter and we want to talk about uh, fireplace and chimney safety. Um We'll have Richard Michalis join us, and I've got a lot of questions about him because of all the floods. I, I found the busy. actors. You found the if actors. It okay. To you. <laughs> okay. It These does. are Kylan's famous actors. Okay. okay. So Walton Goggins, I didn't know him before. It, yeah, Walton Goggins. If you know him, Josh Lucas. Um, oh wait, I know Walton. If you Google him, I was he on the Was he on the Waltons with no, John Boy? No, he's a little little young for that, but. He uh, was, in like D- Django Unchained is how I knew him. He okay. was one of the bad guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's in the guys. he's in the Ant Man movies too. Mm-hmm. Ant Man. Now see, I've seen Ant Man. Oh, I love Ant Man. Um, Francesca Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's daughter, was there. That was pretty interesting. Uh, Martin Cove, who was in the original. No way. Really? <laughs> Jack's just making the connection. So he's on it. so many HBO shows right now. Yeah, really yeah. Really big shows. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge actor. Now, there's a, there's at least a half a dozen uh, people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s right now listening and saying, who the hell are these people? Yeah. Anybody um, else or Kai? Tyler Posey is one that my generation would know more so. Yeah. Tyler Posey. He was in, it was a crazy- Was he just Teen Wolf? Super, yes, Teen Wolf. Uh, the super <laughs> oh, there he is. So, yeah. Yeah, he was a fun time to be around. Got to stand right next to him. I was just an extra. Is he tall or is he a short guy? Um, 
Average. Average. Yeah, he wasn't. He was taller. See, than when me. I think of Teen Wolf, I think of Michael J. Fox, and he's a shorter. <laughs> That's fair. He's a shorter guy. The he, original Teen Wolf. Yeah, the original Teen Wolf. Aren't most right. actors pretty short? Um, I think so. I, I think you like it. The muscular ones are, and I will tell you that they always remind me of gymnasts. Gymnasts are, are relatively short guys that they couldn't really play football. I'm holding my hand up. They couldn't play football. Yeah. They couldn't play <laughs> basketball. And so we had to find something else. And then we realized that building up our bodies and you know, doing you the You said iron, you were a gymnast? I was trying to be. Oh, I was to I was is there any pictures? No, wow. there's no pictures. Let's go on. <laughs> hey, a little bit later, we to are going to be interviewing uh, Kai. Kai Lynn and I have met this fellow before. His name is Todd Scoggins. Now, Todd gave us his um, report from the road for politics at a convention. Todd likes to do polar dips. You guys know what polar dips are? Oh, yeah. He's got a tub in his backyard that he keeps at about 32 degrees. He, he fills it. Of course, now he doesn't have to do anything except insulate it. Well, now this dumb butt is doing snow angels after he gets out. And I thought, oh. we got to get people on here. He's doing it for health reasons, and I want to find I've out. I've heard why. a lot about Oh, my gosh. My sister got an ice bath thing for Christmas. And? It's really popular right now on TikTok. It's basically like a metal tub you put outside, and you fill it with cold water, and you do like a cold plunge every that morning is, for two that, minutes. That is exactly what Todd She's is a nutcase. So you're, you're, yeah. <laughs> that's what I said about Why on that. earth would you do that? I don't know. We've but got, she loves it. And you've got Craft Corner coming up. Fun Craft Corner. It's going to be a great morning. And then it's the season of the blues. I'll give you a break in here in just one second, Kai. It's the season of the blues. Show, uh, Sean Copeland is on our sister station. He's the program director, but he's also a licensed medical therapist. Mm -hmm. He's a professional, and uh, he got his master's uh, from IU. He's now in clinic and does that stuff. And I thought it might be nice. This is a time of year where everybody gets down and depressed. And he might have a few tips for us. And all that's going to be on the Home and Garden Show today. And I don't have Pat whooping on me. Yeah. Is that great? <laughs> yeah. All right. Our number, 317-239-9393. You give us a call. We're brought to you by the Michelas Corporation right here on 93 WIBC. Every morning I get up and on my little boom box... I used my Spotify. This morning, it was an Allison Krauss morning. And I had it a little too loud, and Jane came back and said, might be a little bit too Well, I got to hear it in the shower, you know, because I can't oh, yeah. take the box yeah. in with me. But Allison Krauss, and you said that I was in a Zen mood. Uh -huh. Allison Krauss puts she me got you there. In, yeah. in a Zen mood. It's James Taylor for me. Is it there's, James Taylor? There's, there's, there's a certain artist that just puts you in that mood, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Carolina on my mind, you know, yeah. there it goes. Hey, uh, we've got an exciting in the weeds for you. It's going to be a little bit of audience participation. Might make you think about some things. Everything from happiness to rejection. Wow, uh, that is a roller coaster. Oh, I like <laughs> that. I think so. But wow. hey, we've got a caller. You can give us a call too. 317-239-9393. If I can find my cursor. Joining us now is John. Morning, John. Hey, good morning. Hope you guys are staying warm. Uh, you as well. In, inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, John? Yeah. A couple quick questions. Um, our backyard, it has a line of yews and uh, spruce trees, and they're about two or three feet larger than they should be. Is it 
reasonable where you could cut them back now, or should I wait till spring? I would definitely not cut them back now. Um, if you're if we're below freezing and you do any pruning, you're gonna definitely get some dieback of where that cut is uh, as it kind of. Sh- freezes down that stem uh you certainly could cut back but i would wait closer to you know almost mother's day just so that we're safely uh, out of that freeze chance how far can you cut them back jack uh so if you can look in there and you have you know at least you know a couple feet of green growth down and before it starts to kind of get thin um they say you can cut up to a third of the green that you have to safely cut there you go. Oh, super. John, okay. were you really considering getting out there to cut today? Really? Not to, not today, but maybe when it warms up a little bit. Yeah, next week's supposed to get up in the 40s. If we get a solid stretch you know, of a week above freezing, even through the night, you're safe. It has enough time right. to kind of heal up. The old rule okay. is, John, you'll love the old rule is if you can do it without gloves on, on your pruners, then it's okay to prune. If you can't, like if that. you if you have to wear gloves, put the pruners down, go back inside, and have a beer and watch television. Yeah. <laughs> I like that option. Like Save that. it for another day. Hey, thanks yeah. for the phone uh, call, John. Another, qu- oh. another quick question. Oh, sure. Yeah, out out in the yard, um, it's still you know relatively a little bit green, but throughout the yard, there are like real bright like lights patches, and it's real thin there. And in the spring, of course, it turns green, but every year it gets larger and larger and larger, the packs. Yeah, that sounds like bent grass. And uh, mm-hmm. there is a treatment for it, and you want to get it when it's it's actively growing. Um, I think the product that we have uh, used came from one of our listeners, Mike Mattingly, and it's called Tenacity. T-E-N-A-C-I-T-Y. Now, it's pretty, it's pretty pricey, John. You should have put it on your Christmas list because a little vial of about, I don't know, six, you know, eight ounces is like 64 bucks. But a little goes a long way, right? That's exactly right, Allison. A little goes a long way, and it is the real deal. I mean, it is very specific for uh, the type of grasses that you want to get rid of. Just read the instruction label. Yeah. yeah. Did we say read, read instructions? Yeah, read instructions. And that's not one... That's that too. Is if you have to wear gloves on the day you apply that, this that's a warm weather application. I think Mother's Day is a good good time, Jack. That's uh, that's when we say we're kind of out of our last chance of a hard freeze hard or even freeze. a soft freeze. Right. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. You guys have a good day. You too, John. You take care. How about that? We're taking home and garden calls. Right off the bat. I I love love that. Yeah, and you might have it. Everybody's getting antsy. I'm starting to get seed catalogs. I got my wildflower catalog. I got the burpees. I got... I'm getting my seat. They're catalog. piling up fast. They're piling up fast. How do you get on those mailing lists? Once you get on one, you're on all of them. It's almost like they're sending out your information to everybody else just so that yeah. you can collectively gather seeds. I had a cousin that uh, she was a pistol. Uh, she's passed on, gone on home to God. But she started getting seed catalogs when we were kids. And then she went through she went through a divorce here in Indiana, and then she moved out to the East Coast and ended up marrying into the Mall, Mounds chocolate family. Oh, I, I was going. I go score. I, yeah. I know score, <laughs> but that allowed her to really build a hell of a garden. Oh, and, I bet. By the t- the pictures that I saw, it must have been a quarter of an acre that she had and she was Debbie was just the best she was the one that taught me to sing like Diana Ross oh thank her for all of us oh my gosh (laughs) if you have those cousins you know what I mean Uh, all right when we come back (laughs) you didn't have a cousin like that I was the cousin you were the cousin (laughs) 
Ah, we had cousins. I don't even know what that that. means. (laughs) You were in a cousin. All right, Jack. What what was the first big time, you know, actor or actress or singer that you tried to mimic? Um. Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, you didn't do it, did you? No. Yeah, See, I did I w- probably REM. My dad used to listen to a lot of REM. Okay. Uh, so I could, you know, end of the world as we know it. You know what REM stands for? Rapid Eye Movement. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, the Home and Garden Show is much more relaxed today. Zen indeed, Zen Allison. indeed. Zen indeed. Our number, 317-239-9393. We'll take anything. Matters of the heart. Allison and Kyle are here. Jack is from Allisonville Home and Garden by Sullivan and this dude knows his plants if you've got a house plant that you're a little bit worried about um, we've got solutions and you don't need your phone to take a picture of it we'll do our best to help you all you got to do is give us a call 317-239-9393 life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. I probably shouldn't do this, but I met a young lady uh, who was helping me on a project, and she's from Canada. And I was trying to tell her about the Home and Garden Show because I came into the Home and Garden in a non-traditional way. She goes, you do a Home and Garden Show, but these, this is your background. I said, I know, I know. She goes, can I listen to the show? I said, yeah, you can listen online. 93.1 FM. It's it's the WIBC. So, Catherine M., if you're listening from the confines of Canada, oh, you told me that you're going to Arizona. So, you may be in Arizona. This is the Home and Garden Show. Worldwide, we are heard from country to country. I know we've got Australia listeners. We've got people in Spain listening. And I know that we've got somebody in Israel because I get an email from them every now and then. Oh, that's cool. All right. For the In the Weeds segment today, it's a sort of a, you got to choose an answer here. When you give somebody the mitten, okay, giving someone the The mitten, mitten, does that mean you're yelling at them? A, does it mean... Affection, B, does it mean rejection, C, or does it mean that somebody got fired? When somebody is given the mitten, what does it mean? Allison, you get to go first. I think rejection, because it reminds me of like, talk to the hand. Talk to the hand, okay. How about you, Jack? So I was going to say maybe getting fired. Okay. Like you're fired. giving the mitten, yeah. put All right. the mitten on, don't grab anything on your way out. <laughs> Kyle and oh, May? Well, I didn't put that much thought into it, but <laughs> I feel like getting fired feels... Getting fired. All right. So All right. The, the, uh, choosing between yelling, affection, rejection, which is what Allison and Kai are going with. No, no. You're, I'm going no, with fire. You're going with fire and Jack. All right. Well, here's an example of two different meetings of two different continents and cultures. So what it means in the United States is different from what it means in Europe. I did some research and I found a fellow by the name of Charles Earl Funk. Now this is this is a real wow. guy. Wow. Yeah. Charles Wait. Earl Funk. Funky I'm jealous. And he of that has man. this classic book called A Hog on Ice and he talks about curious expressions. It actually has two absolutely opposite meanings. When the knights in medieval days pleased or if they won, they got to wear an article of clothing 
of the lady that that they were trying to impress. Ooh. And so they were given a mitten or they were the given first a glove. The <laughs> well, that's not what I was thinking. It, they were wearing a, a tribute it. to you. You're for it. All right. <laughs> However, the real meaning goes back at least 100 years or more and is strictly an American usage of this phrase. Are you ready for this? Allison is right. When a Congrats. lady fair, an American one now, rejects her suitor, she gives him the mitten, and he knows it's over. Huh. So if he asks for her hand at a dance or asks oh. for her hand in marriage, the young man might ask for that hand in marriage, and he might get a yes, or he might just get an empty glove, which is known as a no in giving somebody the mitten. Talk to the mitten. Wow. Yeah. Talk to the mitten. Allison, good job. <laughs> good job. All right. Now, have you ever heard the term amen corner? Do you know what the amen corner is? Like amen as in like closing a prayer. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. Have you ever heard of the amen corner? No. No. All right. Well, it's a funny term and it has both a great origin in the United States, but it started in the Methodist church. The Methodists began a practice of moving all the deacons and elders up to the front of the church and they put them on a bench up behind the minister. And their job was to watch out to the audience or to the congregation to see if anybody was screwing around or snoozing or whatever. So what they would do is if, if they thought that people were not paying attention and the preacher said something good, they go, amen. Ooh. And of course, it'd wake everybody uh-huh. else, uh, everybody up. <laughs> That's those, funny. Those deacons uh, got to be known as the amen corner. But wait, there's more. And this one comes from across. See, all these terms that we have come from America, we think, but they really come from overseas and they have an entirely different meeting. Here's the one that got me. Every little coffee shop across America has a group of folks who gather every morning for coffee. The ones that I'm always familiar with, I call them Liars Club because all the old men sit around talk <laughs> uh-huh, about women exactly and cars and business. Yeah. All right. Sometimes they're known as Liars Clubs. and But in the course of conversation, we begin to reassure each other's comments with amen. You know, somebody will say something about politics or they'll amen. say, about, you know, you can't figure women out. Amen. Now, this is men. I don't know what women do in their amen corner. You but. don't need to know. All right. So, but in New York City, there was a room on the Fifth Avenue Hotel which was reserved for all of the local politicians currently in power, and it became known as the Amen Corner. So that's in the United States. Here's the one that will shock you. Comes all the way from London, and yes, there was an Amen Corner. In London, there was a group of monks of a long defunct order every Corpus Christi day. Now, I don't, Corpus Christi means the body of Christ, but I don't know what that day is in London. But they proceeded in a march that started at St. Paul's Cathedral. And they sing and chant the the Pastor Noster or the Pater Noster, which is a, just a chant that that monks would do. When they reached a turn in the road, they they started at St. Paul's Cathedral. So when they did this song, they always came to the same place, and they were singing. Amen. And it became known as the Amen Corner, and it's in London today. Uh-huh. Oh, so isn't that funny? Color That's, me shocked. Yeah. Color me shocked. Well. There you wow. go. I it's, prefer the bar corner, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we lost a bar. Was it the Top Cat? What was the bar that closed in uh, Broad Ripple this week? Top Cat. Yeah. Top Cat. Top Cat. That used to be the place that was the last one to close in Broad Ripple. I mean, even eons ago. But Yeah, that's a bummer. I hate to see him go. Well, um, still got plenty of room for your phone calls. Give us a call. Well, good Three... job, Denny. Yeah, let us, let us applaud you. Good All job. Right, Into so the now weeds. You, so now your you useless know what knowledge the... coming to 
coming to light. So amen. if somebody gives you the if somebody gives you the mitten, you know what that means. It's rejection. In the amen corner, you got to choose. I'm gonna go buy some mittens. Amen, brother. All right. <laughs> All right, Jack, get ready. We got Jesse calling. Hey Jesse, how are you? I'm fine. How about you? Good morning. Well, I'm shivering, buddy. It's yeah. cold out there. What's up? Uh, hey, I have a plant <clears throat> that uh, has been there for 50 years. This is a really bizarre thing for us. It's a uh, mock orange plant that we've had 50 years in the corner of the property. Yeah. And uh, we we enjoyed the, the blossoms, and uh, they're recognizable, even the uh, perfume off of them. That was awesome. This, this last spring, the blossoms were actually not mock orange, but they were the uh, wild honeysuckle. And I cannot explain how that could happen, but the entire plant uh, had honeysuckle blossoms. So are you insinuating that this plant is getting frisky with another species? Uh, It sounds like it. (laughs) Uh, My guess would be because honeysuckle can't spread pretty easily when it goes to seed, my thought would be there is just a honeysuckle growing up in there. Um, I've known oh. mock orange to be kind of on the edge of hardiness here. Sort of like mulberries growing up in the spruce trees exactly. or in the hemlocks. Okay. And then next thing you know, it's, you know, the spruce has died and the mulberry is the biggest thing right there. So how does that happen? Yeah. Do the birds are pooping out the seeds? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what happens, you know. But, but the entire plant, uh, it wasn't just honeysuckle growing up within the uh, mock orange. The entire plant that uh, has a base of about seven or eight inches was uh, honeysuckle blossoms. You can, well, you guys know, you can tell the difference and even oh, the yeah. fragrance difference. But uh, it sounds like it was cannibalized of all crazy things, but uh, uh, that the uh, honeysuckle just took over totally. That's what it sounds but, like. I can't yeah. imagine any other... Honeysuckle can get pretty ornery. Uh, that's it all can. I can yeah. say. It, yeah. It, yeah. If you don't keep it cut back, it... It will get pretty cool. Well, that, well, thanks for the phone call. Hey, Jesse, can I ask you a question? Sure. Were you ever given the mitten by a girl? Uh-oh. No. No. Good for you. Yeah, congrats. I got spanked so many times. <laughs> I, mean, I got the mitten. I got the glove. I got it. You know, get out of here, kid. So, <laughs> Jesse, thanks for taking time to give us a call, okay? Yeah, you're welcome. All Thank right, buddy. you. All right. So, Allison, have you ever given the mitten to a kid, to a boy? No, I would never. That's rude. <laughs> She'd hold on to it. She'd just say, I'm giving you the mitten. Yeah. Kai? I feel like you would just smack him on the arm and be like, mm, no, go on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Peasant. So here's, here, I'm not going to talk about high school. I'm going to talk about college. You deserve my glove. <laughs> I was walking. Now, Jack went to IU, and oh, maybe boy. you guys know where Showalter Fountain is, right in the middle of IU. You've got the Lilly Library to the south. You've got the auditorium that goes back to the east. But right there at Showalter Fountain, I was walking this cute, cute girl, and uh, we had come out of English literature uh, I do remember the professor, uh, David, and he was a good guy. But I was walking her, and I thought I was really making time, you know. And she goes, what does your dad do? And we had walked for about a half hour, and we were right in front of Showalter Fountain. I said, he's a plumbing contractor. That was it. It was like a switch went off, and I got the mitten. Oh, I'm telling wow. you, I got the mitten. Well, And I have never forgot. I can't even remember the girl's name, but I just remember 
Really? Just because my dad's a plumber? Yeah. You know? If anything, that would be a green flag. That's that's job security for life. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm glad Jane saw it that way. Wow. Hey, Amen Corner. Uh, someone just called in and mentioned that there's an Amen Corner at the Masters as well. It's the, oh, I think it's right. the 11th and 12th hole. Maybe one more. What is it? 11, 12, and 13? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. The, last... the, the worst of the holes are mm-hmm. pe- amen. We're Where you should it. give a prayer before going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. I forgot all about the Masters. Masters will be here in no time. We're in the middle of January. Hey, we got another call to talk to Phil. Good morning, Phil. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? You know, life is good. It really and truly is. It absolutely is. I agree. All right. So what's your question, Phil? Well, I've got a beautiful lawn. Been working on it for years. Uh, It's Jonathan Green Black Beauty Ultra. Wow. And uh, I went out in the yard not too long ago, and, man, there were trails all the way around my yard through my mulch absolutely everywhere and i wanted to go back in the house and get my gun and my chair and a cold beer and sit out in the yard and wait to see the the uh the mold trail move so i'm sorry yeah and i'm not sure if i've got moles or voles uh probably uh, well voles will be on top of the ground if if they're just underneath the thatch layer or you know just underneath the uh, vegetation layer if it's if it looks to be subterranean, then that would be moles with an M. Where where tell me what your ditch or tell me what your hump looks like. Oh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's um it's not looking too bad. I'm I'm uh, I'm 53, so uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you took oh the bait. My Talk to me Woo! about your yard, Philly. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, they're probably two inches off the ground, maybe. Gosh, Jack, it's that sounds mole. like a mole. It sounds like a mole. Yeah. Um, so I was you- surprised that they even got into my mulch beds. Yeah. And there, are they active now, or were they active in the warmer weather a couple weeks ago or a week ago? Uh, I haven't been out there recently. Um, I, 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 I didn't want to shoot myself, so I didn't go out there and look. No, it, I, I do not recommend shooting into the ground because those bullets— I know. Oh, yeah, really? But I do appreciate a good pitchfork. You know, there's nothing wrong I've with a pitchfork. Have you? Yeah, remember to— I have. My, my neighbors called the law on me. <laughs> with a gun or with a pitchfork? With a gun. Oh, well, no. you, you don't be a dumb butt. Don't be discharging a gun. You, use a pitchfork. I said, I said, hey, y'all watch this. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold my beer. Um, <laughs> another easier way yeah. that probably will save you some physical activity, talpid worms are really, yeah, really, really are. easy, and they work really well. So they look like gummy worms, and you put them in the hole, and then the moles eat them, and then they just like kind of basically fall asleep. Look at Allison. That's, that's, like, that's, a, that's the way I really like it. That's why like... Pat always recommends it, yeah. and I think they're great, but they're called talpid worms, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Have you done anything before? Have you used the harpoon traps, the scissor traps? Have you used anything Nothing. at all? All right, Nothing. so Al, listen to your sister, Allison. She knows what she's talking about. You, what you do is you take a screwdriver. Once you know it's an active run, you can push down on all of them, put some uh, flour down to see when it, where it raises up. That's your active run. Then what you want to do is use a screwdriver, make a hole, and drop that worm right down in that active run. 
you won't find a body, but the runs will, will start to disappear. They, they ingest that. It's a vasodilator, and they bleed out. So if anybody ever wanted to I know, see. yeah, <laughs> what it does, they get a brain bleed, and they just die on the Well, pole. we don't need to describe what's yeah, happening. Yeah, we do. They, they fall asleep. It's fine. Okay. If they, fall, they take yeah. a nap. They, they fall asleep, and they go they across take their the dirt rainbow. Nap. It's fine. They're going across the rainbow bridge, Philly. Tell me what they're called again. What the uh, what the what what the uh, product is called? It's it, it's a talprid worm, and the one that I'm familiar with is Tomcat. Yeah, I think. Tomcat. Yeah. yeah, Tomcat. Okay. All right. Okay. So 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 I can't be savage or Icelandic or anything like that. Nope. Let's call that Plan C. But I will tell you this, <laughs> Phil. D. When we come back, we're going to be talking to uh, some people about Iceland. Uh, we've got no, no. I tell you what, that's going to be in about an hour. So, Phil, you keep tuned in here about ten forty-five because we're going to have a guy that is definitely from Norway, Sweden, oh, Nord. You know, he's doing the ice tips. Phil, thanks for your phone call. Start with the worms, Phil. Start with the <laughs> please, Allison. I love the way you just jump yeah. right in there. You are so lucky. Pat and Terry are not here today to catch you asking about a man's humps. <laughs> it is. The, it is. <laughs> tell me all about it. Come on, guys. I was working with Phil at the time. I wanted to know if it was a grass hump or a dirt hump. But he went right along with he it. He sure I did. Love it. God bless 317-239-9393. It's the Home and Garden Show right here on 93 WIBC. little bit of uh, Allison Krauss, Union Station. If you've never uh, got a chance to listen to those albums, they are just fabulous. I'm an Allison Krauss fan. I got to tell you a quick story about Dolly Parton and Allison Krauss. Uh, Dolly Parton reached out to Allison Krauss to sing with her in a in a duet. And uh, Allison Krauss was so touched that they started the song, I think they said they started the song eight times. And Allison just started crying because here she was Aww. singing with Dolly Parton. How wow. could you not? How could you not? I think that's how I would feel too. But if you're not an Allison Krauss fan, you listen to some of that music and you'll become an Allison Krauss fan. It was this morning for me in the shower. Dolly Parton's uh, birthday was yesterday. She's 78 years old. Oh my God. Wow. She just released a rock album. I mean, happy birthday, Dolly. The woman never stops. It's amazing. Do you know that she started off in television with Porter Wagner? Uh huh. And she. Used to, on the television show, which was Channel Four. That's the only channel we could get down in Brown County. And uh, when I'd go down to stay with my grandparents, but she always advertised one product and one product only. Do you know what it was? What hairspray? Does detergent laundry detergent? Oh, and they interesting. Used to, they yeah. used to give away towels. You buy the big box, you get a bath towel. You buy a medium sized box, you get a hand towel. And you buy the little bitty box, you got a washcloth. And she had this country twang. She goes. Do you love these towels? <laughs> well, you can't buy them. And she, she would talk about oh buying this, gosh. but it was it was that, awesome. that that detergent. Anyway, hey, you ready for some phone calls? Let's get to it. We've got uh, Mark standing by. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Denny. Hey, uh, we've got a real strong metallic uh, taste in both our hot and cold water. What do you think's going on there, and how do you fix it? All right. Are you on a well? Or are you on city water? City water. City water. What happens over a period of time, and, and how old is the plumbing in the house? Do you know what the plumbing uh, piping is made of? Yeah, it's, it's copper, and it's, what, probably 20, 25 years old. All right. Do you always drink from the same faucet at the kitchen sink or at the lavatory? Where do you get your water for drinking? Well, most of the time we, we filter it through our refrigerator, 
Um, but you we could even start tasting it in there. And then, yeah, when you taste it just right out of the, the fountain or the, you know, really any of the faucets, um, yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. Some people love that metallic taste, Mark. I am not one yeah. of those people. I would put a post filter at the point of discharge so that the last thing it goes through before it gets to the faucet. Now, that means it's the line that you want to attach that in the line that goes up to the faucet and not what's coming out of the wall. Those little short pipes are made out of galvanized pipe or sometimes they're chrome-plated galvanized pipe. And it sounds to me like the zinc has broken down on the inside and you're starting to get that metallic taste from there. So wherever you normally drink it, I think I would just put in what we call a post-carbon filter. And that will stop it immediately. You'll have to replace that filter about every four to six months, depending on how much you use it. But it doesn't mean anything's going to leak. It just means that we're exposing elemental uh, iron or elemental zinc or elemental even copper uh, because of, of the water chemistry itself. Okay? We, we, we disconnected our water softener maybe about oh two months ago and um but but we're i mean we're just now starting to taste this the the water softener scenario have anything or change your thoughts or ideas maybe i am not a certified water quality expert there's five levels or six levels i guess there's certified water quality one through six i would recommend you give the call uh, give a call to folks at cnj um they 733 soft they really know their water chemistry and I don't, but I know what the issue is, and I know how to fix it with a carbon filter. But I'm I'm sorry, I don't know other than to refer you to a real pro, which is the C and J people. All right, we got regular Jeff. Hey, regular Jeff, how are you? Hey, fine, thank you, Denny. Um, I hope Phil still listen. I, I you remember I had a mold problem, and I'll tell you what the best thing was. I used the Tomcat, and and it really worked. But I found out that uh, was told that Grubs was the main thing that was on the menu, so. I ordered some nematodes. They come on a sponge, you soak them in water, and you put them in a spray bottle and spray that, and that'll get rid of them, which eventually kills even flea larvae and everything in his yard. So he may try that. You're talking about the nematodes are sort of like diatomaceous earth. They destroy the grubs. And then, since there's no food source, the moles go away. Is that the theory? Exactly. Now, I also use the Tomcat, and don't forget that the Tomcat don't don't forget to wear rubber gloves when you apply that because you don't want to touch your lips or touch Good your tip. face. Or no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you done Yikes. that with the you know, one of the things I was touched about with him is he said that he used Jonathan Green Ultra. Jonathan Green Ultra is something that promotes bacteria and makes a really, really healthy yard, and it actually brings in the earthworms. And besides the grubs, earthworms, Jack, I think are another food source for moles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that Jonathan Green stuff is really, really good. Jeff, thanks a lot. I appreciate All you right. giving us a call. All right, so... Uh, I guess that's it. We're coming up on the top of the hour here. Uh, We're going to be taking more of your phone calls this next hour. We're going to have some fun for you. In addition to talking to uh, Chimney Solutions about uh, chimney and and fireplace issues, going to have uh, B Window, going to have George Faber in, going to have Richard uh, Michalis calling in. You cannot believe the damage that has been caused by freeze-ups. Even where my mom lives, their activity room was absolutely blown away 
with a major, major leak. We're going to have uh, my old knucklehead neighbor, Todd Scoggins, going to talk about this polar dip stuff. And I, <laughs> I tell you what, I thought he was absolutely normal when he lived next to me, but I'm beginning but to now. wonder. Yeah, but then we're going to deal with it in the next hour, in the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to be talking about mental health, and uh, we'll be able to diagnose Todd at that point, which I think is really, really important. You're listening to the Home and Garden Show. Pat's off today. But in the studio, I've got Kyle and Tally on the board. Allison is over there uh, giving us her wisdom of her generation. And we've got the famous Jack. Jack Phipps is here. Makes my day right here on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Well, some folks say that grown-up men are still just little boys. That really, the only difference is the price of our toys. We go for macho symbols like guns and running shoes. Pickup trucks, hunt ducks, and <clears throat> power tools. Power tools. Oh, it's a cold and brisk morning here in central Indiana. You were two-thirds of the way through January, but yet here we are at the Home and Garden Show, bright and early Saturday, just to be with y'all. Our number is 317-239-9393. We welcome your phone calls. Gives you something to do on a cold morning. Get that cup of coffee or hot chocolate. Finish up your breakfast and then keep it tuned to 93.1 FM. In the studio, I've got Kylan Talley. I've got Allison Lemons and the very famous Jack Phipps from Allisonville Home and Garden by Sullivan. Uh, truly, Jack, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, you're so much more pleasant uh, than Pat, and I, I enjoy your company, son. I enjoy your company it, as well. <laughs> A little more relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's nice to hear you. Now, Allison, you were telling us that Tony Katz was talking about cicadas. Now, listen, we don't talk politics on Saturday. Somebody needs to lay down the law with Mr. Katz that we don't want him talking about. I know. Car- I was kind of thrown off, but, but yeah. The big deal that's coming up, uh, cicadas, uh, there are there are several broods. We call them populations, but in, in horticulture or in the, the master gardener realm, we call them broods, B-R-O-O-D-S. Uh-huh. And there are seven-year broods, there's three-year broods, there's annual broods, there's even a 13-year, uh, 13-year brood. Yeah. What's weird about this this coming summer, this coming springtime, is we got two broods that are going to have populations at the same time. Yep. Tell us about it, Allison. Uh, so the one that lives uh, on a 13-year cycle and then the one that lives on a 17-year cycle, they're going to merge at the same time Wow. this spring. That For the you- first time in what? 221 years I saw. Yeah, the, yeah, last occurred in 1803. You know so what? yay for us. Yeah. Well, yay for us. <laughs> now, these are not locusts. They don't hurt human beings. Right, right. But they are going to bother the snot out of you. Because they're loud. They're loud, but one population is big. Two populations. I mean, we're talking, uh, uh, when I say billions, I mean billions, billions. of cicadas are going to be everywhere. And I think when it gets a little closer to spring, we'll get one of uh, our Purdue... Um, professor experts on here oh, to good. talk about it because uh, they know a little more than I, I do, obviously. But, oh, my gosh. I just... 
You have They're to tell. So gross all right, looking. you have to tell the story of tragedy in Allison's life with the with the last cicada population. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago we were talking off air about when that other cycle of uh, cicadas <laughs> came and it was crazy loud and yeah. um, they were really heavy in some areas. Well, I was in Bloomington at the grocery store and people were literally running inside because they were like attacking people and getting in people's hair. And so I made a dart for it. I was with my sister. We were starting to shop and put stuff in our carts and all of a sudden I hear a <laughs> and it was freaking me out. I looked down. There was a cicada inside my shirt. So, did I cause a scene in Kroger? Oh, you betcha. (laughs) Uh, But it was rightfully so. My sister did not help me at all. Uh, So, I'm really looking forward to staying inside this spring. Isn't there something about (laughs) siblings when you are, when you're the victim of a a pseudo tragedy like this, where something's really just bothering you like a bat in your head? Your siblings are not going to help you. No, they're going to stand back more and than make, I was. They're going to laugh. <laughs> That's exactly right. They're going to make fun of you, and they're going to bring it up at every family reunion afterwards. And usually bugs and don't bother so. me that much. Like spiders, things like that don't bother me. But those cicadas, I think it's the size of them. The and like size. you said, they're clumsy. And I was just looking at how loud they get. It said they can get louder that, you know, as loud as a lawnmower at three feet or a subway train. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. I believe yeah. that. That's as bad as a saxophone. So, yeah. Come you know, spring. I'm not allowed to make saxophone jokes anymore. In the band. And the, the brass players always made fun of saxophones because they were so loud and buzzy, you know, yeah. like a cicada. My grandson gave up trumpet and is now playing the saxophone. Oh, no. So I can't use my all my good... Sa- okay, so, Jack, here you go. Yeah. What's the difference between a lawnmower and a saxophone? Vi- vibrato. Okay. <laughs> what, okay. Allison, what's uh, the difference between a lawnmower and a saxophone? Okay. You can throw a saxophone about 50 yards. See, these are these are oh, these are boy. musician jokes putting down another group. But I can't do that anymore because my grandson and he's playing really, really. I think well. we understand what's going on. We just don't want to support it. Yeah. Just don't want to support it. <laughs> I like saxophonists. Yeah. Do you saxophone really? Saxophone I. I'll tell my grandson. Three one seven two three nine. I don't want to anyone. Three one seven two three nine. All inclusive. Ninety three ninety three. Welcome your phone call. Uh, Jack, uh, the plants, I, I walked through, I didn't get through Allisonville. I went down to 71st and Keystone. There's something soothing about, it's still a little bit chilly out in the greenhouses, but there's just something soothing about hearing the trickling of water oh, yeah. and having a plant uh, there. What type of uh, plants are people picking up right now? So I think a lot of the beginner plants, really, we're seeing, we're trying not to send people home with a lot of the more expensive plants because they can be a little more delicate in this cold weather. You know, one burst of that below freezing wind can, you know, kill every leaf on there. Uh, But your vining plants, your snake plants, uh, a lot of the easier things. You know what? Um, If you haven't got a house plant, they're easier to take care of than a cat. And I think cats are pretty easy to take care of. Um, they're much easier than taking care of a dog. Oh, yeah. I will tell you a tragic story of, of Dear Ellie Girl. It is so cold outside that if you have a little dog that has to go out and do business, if they're peeing, it's not a big deal. But you know there's that last little drip that comes off. And oh, I'm talking about poop now, Allison. La- last little drip of poop. It is so oh cold gosh. out there, it sticks, it sticks to their fur. Oh, my gosh, Denny. So do your inspections of your pets when they come in. Do not let them come into the house unless you pull up that tail and take a good look because you might get a big surprise. <laughs> You'll find it later. And you this heard is strike that? two, Denny. Now, this is, <laughs> am I going to get written up by HR? <laughs> I still haven't got a phone call from the from the program director. I don't even think he knows who we are on Saturdays. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. Hey, speaking of cats, you mentioned, um, (laughs) 
a lovely lady, she called in and said that that's one of the best solutions for moles. Get a cat, let them out at the in the nighttime, they'll take care of them. I do. I have heard lots of farmers uh, testify to that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, get wow. a little barn They'll cat. get them. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a friend who has a cat that likes to roam, and there's several fields around them. And she keeps bringing back dead mice from mm-hmm. these fields, and she's so proud of them. She wants to share them. She'll yeah. come into oh, the yeah. house. So now they have to have a full-blown mouse inspection of these uh, of the cat before it comes in. Yeah, no, no, they, no. They, they like to bring you their gifts. They're very they're prideful. They're very yeah. proud. Yeah. And then they like to eat them. That's the other thing. They will devour these mice, you know, so oh, Tom boy. and Jerry lives. I will <laughs> tell you a quick, you know, pets that uh, can also take care of moles. I had a friend who had a, an Irish setter. Obviously, the dog's name was Red, but be, be that as it may, Red would get up and out. He was out at the airport, and all of a sudden, Red's ears would go up like he's hearing something, and he'd go over, and he'd see these humps. The next thing you do, he would come back, and uh, he'd have a mole. I mean, but they can hear him, they can smell him, and they go after him, Jack. Oh yeah, they go after him. Two three nine ninety three ninety three three one seven two three nine ninety three ninety three. Allison, you need to uh, do a little bit of a tease here. What's going on in Craft Corner? I see some quilting. I see some things over here. I'm like very you. excited. I know. I'm a little nervous because our dear Terry Stacy, she is at the home show right now. She's uh, emceeing this weekend and next weekend. Hopefully, cross our fingers, we'll be out there next weekend. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated. But in the meantime, I'm in charge of Craft Corner. So I found something. Let's just say it's very seasonal for right now. And perfect for this cold weather. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You know what's perfect? Really easy. You know what's perfect for this cold weather is good windows. That is true. Yeah, George Faber, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Danny. How you doing? It's a good day. Uh, sometimes, it, Allison says I'm in a different sort of zen mood because Sully's not in here. I, I think I feel it, George. You know, I'm just really cool, calm, and collected today. You could hit your three-pointer today. Is I that could hit that three-pointer <laughs> from mid-court. Well said. Hey, uh, tell me. Let me ask you a question. When windows really start to condense a lot, do we need to worry about the constitution of the frame from the window itself? You've seen this time of year all the condensation that's showing up. Does that affect a window? Well, the very first thing when you see condensation, the very first thing you need to look at is what is the humidity level on the inside of the house. Right. Uh, you know, as human beings, what happens as the temperature goes down, we want to raise the humidity. And um, and if you raise it too high, it doesn't make any difference which window you have. You're, you can develop condensation uh, if there's too high humidity in the home. But, you know, one of the things uh, on condensation is the efficiency of the glass you know, when you look at a window and you look at what is it made out of, is it, you know, is it made out of wood? Is it made out of vinyl? Is it made out of uh, fiberglass? What, what's the material made out of that's a non-conductor? And, uh, right. Of course, and that's one thing that doesn't conduct heat and cold like metal uh, did years ago. Uh, and then the other thing is the glass. And when you look at glass, you look at it and it all looks the same, but it's not. Uh, with low E glass, low emissity glass, uh, what that is is that's a silver nitrate that's put onto the glass, and silver is reflective, just like w- with mirrors. It reflects heat, 
uh, to wherever the heat source is. So it'll reflect it in in the winter and out in the summer. And uh, in addition to that, what Lowe does is one noise control. Uh, anytime we put uh, windows in uh, with our exclusive I-89 product next to an interstate or by the airport, the first thing people say is, I can't believe how much quieter it is. I love that. And, I love and that. Then, and then the other thing, that you it doesn't cost you money every year, but it costs you money over time, is you've got some big windows and your furniture, the UV of the sun, particularly where people are around lakes, get that reflection off the lake, uh, all of a sudden you look at your furniture and it's just the, the UV of the sun has just totally broken down the color of the fabric and you end up having to replace the furniture. Well, it didn't cost you in one year, but over the co- course of three, four, five years, it cost you a lot of money. So reducing the UV factor is huge uh, with with, lo- with the low-E product. Now, what we have, Denny, is we have what we call I-89, which is the low-E coatings are usually between the two panes of glass on the inside of the insulated glass. And then what we do is we add an additional coating on the inside of the house, and that makes that unit super energy efficient. We People just absolutely cannot believe the difference and when you look at, you know, fuel bills, you know, obviously what we've had in January, uh, consumers will see in February the results of that. Oh, yeah. To their heating and cooling bills. Uh, and when you look at over the course of a year, because you have to remember in many cases, you save as much or more money on your air conditioning as you do on your heating uh, in the wintertime. George, and I can so, make an HVAC guy out of you. You know, Manuel J tells us that we have effects from uh, the outgo of energy in the wintertime, but in the summertime, if we don't have awnings, and we have to deal with that sunlight coming in because the heat gain is extraordinary. You'd make a great HVAC guy, George. <laughs> well, it's uh, there's, no, there's no better investment in your home than... Uh, than looking at replacing windows and doors. And the thing, too, when you're thinking of windows, you got to think of the biggest window in your in most homes, and that's the patio door. Yep. And, you know, the patio, whether you have a sliding patio door or a swing patio door, uh, you know, that really, the glass, the amount of square feet of glass there is huge. So uh, by having that I-89, it, it, it's unbelievable how much it helps. And then additionally, because people are interested, you know, when we're out to the house, what's this going to look like? And, you know, if you're trying to describe it verbally, what we do is we have a technology where we can take a picture of your house. We can then take, and if you say, I want black windows, we'll move, we put black windows and show you what the house will look like with black windows or grids or no grids. and bay windows, what would that look like with a bay window with a 45-degree angle versus a 90-degree angle? So the customer really knows yeah. what it's going to look like. And what we're doing with the home show just starting, and, of course, a lot of people thinking about the spring and summer and what are the projects they're going to do on the house. With the home show just starting today um, or if yesterday, 
we've got a promo that we're going to do today, Denny, on um, on our I-89 glass. So anyone that calls to set an appointment today, to and that appointment can be for next week or the week after. It's just that you have to call today, and it's exclusively just on appointments set today. If you call today, then we are going to give you I-89 glass for no charge. No charge. Glass. Look at you, George. What's the phone number when people can call? Where do where are they calling? Uh, they can call 800-233-0169 or go to bwindow.com and be able to set an appointment. And George, thanks. You, know, you won't. You won't be sorry. It's awesome product. We got to go. Thanks for the education. I enjoy learning about that. I want to learn more about this silver nitrate stuff, and we'll talk about that next time. George, thanks for your trouble, okay? Thanks, Denny. Have a good day. You betcha. It's B Window, 800 233 0169 or bwindow.com. That's Faber's B Window. Trust me. Good morning, y'all. Saturday morning, January 20th. It's about half past 10. Still cold out there. We appreciate your company. In the studio, I've got Jack Phipps from Allisonville Home and Garden by Sullivan. Help you with all of your horticulture dreams that are about to begin. And gosh, Jack, it'll just be a couple months and we'll be in the ground again. It'll be here. Got Allison Lemons, who... Uh, I'm so grateful. She's the producer for the Hammer and Nigel show. She's tried to straighten those two boys out. I think it's impossible. But Allison, I always appreciate you joining us on Saturday. Of course, I love this program. Yeah, you know what? It sort of gets in your blood, doesn't it? It does. It, it does. does. And then the very famous Kylan Talley. Uh, at some point, this girl's going to be somebody you're going to say, I used to listen to her. She was on the Home and Garden <laughs> show. She, wasn't she on WIBC? Kai, a blessing. Glad it's, you're here. Thank you for letting me. And hey, that was a great conversation with George. George from Faber B. Window. That's Faber's B. Window. Trust me. If you missed any of the conversation, it will be on the podcast. Allison posts it. She'll post a link to it on the Facebook page, Home and Garden. Just go check it out. George is a great guy. That's Faber's B. Window. Trust me. Thank you, George. Uh, just another reason I love Kylan May Tally. All right, let's get back to our phones. We have room for your phone call, 317 317- Two seven two three nine ninety three ninety three three one seven two three nine ninety three ninety three. We are brought to you by the Michelas Corporation. Water storms, fire, and wet basements. Life happens. Michelas happens to help you through it. It's eight four four fix Indy. Joining us right now is Terry. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? You know, it's it's a fun day. I'm so much more relaxed, Terry. I'll let you <laughs> guess why. Hey, I have a question. I have a problem. It started last year. I started out having like one groundhog, and now I've seen probably seven to eight in the last couple of weeks in my yard at a time. Okay. Have they seen their shadows? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm hoping that they wouldn't leave. <laughs> All right. So uh, do you know where they reside? Do you have an outdoor building? Uh, yeah, maybe- I, put a new, I put a new shed up. It's on a concrete pad, and then I raised the shed up eight inches off the ground, and I wrapped it all because... I wanted to make sure I had room underneath of it for breathing because I wanted to be able to put heat into the garage, into the shed, just yeah. a, new, a new shed I put out there. And they're going under the under the concrete pad. And 
Yeah. And everybody goes, well, just trap them and get rid of them. Well, I tried that. I trapped one, got rid of it. Now I've got seven or eight of them out there. Yeah, at there least there's, okay, Terry, I know you did high school biology, but there's some he and she and going on out there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're going to have a bunch of baby groundhogs. Here's what we try to tell people. When you put it in an outdoor building, when you're pouring the slab in the overdig for the foundation, put down wire, chicken wire, hardware, cloth, whatever, and go down as deep as you can possibly go because that's a natural place for them to dig because the earth is softer there. And they get started, next thing you know, they're underneath the slab. But now that you've got that, you're going to have to get comfortable with... um, Destroying them, I you know we're talking about killing them, Terry. Are you okay with killing them? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. All right. They tore my garden up last year. Ate all my all my vegetables out of the garden. You can get a have a heart trap, and you have to get a pretty big one. But they are so strong. They are you know for being vegetarians. Good Lord, are they strong? They can destroy a have a heart trap if you don't get to it within a half hour to an hour. So what a lot of people are doing is they're putting in these smoke grenades that pull out all of the oxygen. They use the oxygen for the combustion of the poison gas that's in there, and they actually suffocate them in the hole. But you have to know where the back door is to the holes and the front door to the holes. Jack, have you ever done this before? Have you ever had to attack groundhogs because they're the meanest guys in the no, world? No, chipmunks would be my worst. Yeah, chipmunks are about... It's, th- these are just big, overgrown chipmunks. So, Terry, what you do, find the holes. And this is a pretty good time because they don't want to come out because it's cold for them, too. But they're looking for little green shoots. If you have any sort of blossoms or anything that's coming up, those groundhogs are going to come up and grab it. They're, they should be in hibernation. And this might be a good time to uh, send them back to the groundhog hunting ground but what you do is find the two holes you're going to block off one and you 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 can block it off with like a i don't know like a beach ball that you blow up and then you put something over it to hold it down because they're so strong they can push out through it and then through the front door you get one of these long smoke grenades it's about a foot long it looks like a stick of dynamite but it's not all it does is put off smoke and it's not a poison smoke all it does is it sucks up all the oxygen uh, in the hole for the combustion and it suffocates them but once you throw it in there a lot of people like to throw two or three i'm i'm one of the you know that's called overkill but Mm -hmm. anyway you throw it in there and then you block the front one with a blanket and then bale of straw or something over the top of it so they can't get out and then they just go to groundhog sleepy time there you go. That'll, that'll work, and I'll try that. Yeah, uh, sorry. That. Yeah, they're the, right. they are so destructive, Terry. You cannot believe, um, if you didn't deal with this, there could be a time where the not just the foundation, but that slab floor, if it's thin in a couple places, could be compromised. So it's best for you to deal with them now. Okay? I, I appreciate the help. Thanks. All right. And uh, for those of you who are going to yell at me about killing them, it, the email address is denny at wibc.com. <laughs> Just go ahead and let me have it. And you can also try repellents. They have the groundhog repellent. And two, another thing I did. It's winter time. Where are they going to go? Cleveland? But I mean, have a gonna... heart trap, great, great <laughs> other option. Yeah. Right? Allison, I'm sorry. I've... Well, they, I, I forgot, too, when, when someone was talking about the moles, this would work for groundhogs, too. Those vibrating stakes. I know Pat doesn't yeah. like them, but. They, um, they work real good, good for moles, Allison, but I've never heard about groundhogs. Maybe a boombox right down in the ground. Maybe oh, a yeah. saxophone. If you got a grandson that plays saxophone, there you go. Set him up right outside. Hire Denny's grandson. Amen. Oh man, <laughs> that's going to be a long drive. Going up to Purdue. To, there's a, a jazz festival. Purdue puts on a jazz festival every oh. year. They have high schools from uh, Ohio, Michigan. Uh, Illinois and Indiana, of course, it is a big deal. It is. And the funny thing about Purdue is 
You can't get a degree in music. They don't have any classes in music. It's all volunteer. It's all volunteer. I, I love, love that, that part. I kind of like that too. It's yeah. like the army, you know, orchestras. Yes. You know, yeah. They're really? there it's to just... join the military, but then, you know, can thrive in their musical career. Exactly. As well. Yeah. It's just really? for the love yeah. of it. Really. Well, you know what? It is cold, cold, bitter cold. And there's a lot going on around your house, and this is the disaster week, and the week, it looks like we're going to have another disaster week next week. Richard Michalis joins us. Hey, Richard, how are you? Morning, Denny. Morning, everybody. How good are morning. you? Hello. Uh, it's a good shiver me timbers kind of morning, but, <laughs> you know, we the funny thing about cold weather is, Richard, when it's this cold, there's a disaster waiting for y'all, and it doesn't happen until it warms up. Tell folks what happens when it warms up. Yeah, so, so what we're experiencing is um, mostly commercial, retail, industrial buildings are experiencing more of the fire suppression system. The sprinkler head's kicking. Exactly. Some of the residential homes are having problems with frozen pipes on outside walls. But you're absolutely right. A lot of the damage may have already occurred just through the brutal freezing weather. And until it falls, a lot of property owners may not even understand that you know they may have a problem lurking back there. So... Um, it's not over yet, and we have been extremely busy for the last few weeks uh, with this cold weather. And uh, a lot of times it's the newer structures that haven't been tested, haven't been through the brutal winter storm to, you know, to understand if the building has any maybe weak spots in the plumbing or heating and cooling system or the design build. Uh, older buildings that have already experienced these cold winters in Indiana, they're probably going to get through just fine. So. Yeah. Um, maybe alert any new building owners to be diligent to look at you know that suppression system on the building and maybe any plumbing on any outside walls and be prepared to you know deal with it and there's a lot of good companies in town we're one of them so restoration companies will be busy uh, reach out to a qualified company and they'll help you dry that structure down so that you don't have to worry about anything that could happen afterwards as far as microbial growth or mold damage or oh, structural golly. damage I, I, I hate that part. Richard, I'm going to give you a couple statistics. Did you know that just an eighth-inch crack, an eighth-inch in copper, steel, even plastic, can do more than 250 gallons of water through that eighth-inch crack in a day? It's amazing. And so if you have a bigger crack, it's even more. But here's some stuff from uh, State Farm. In the last 12 months, Indiana ranked number 15 in frozen pipe claims with over uh, just under $20 million paid for only 975 claims. This is serious business, and if you miss it, oh my gosh, do you help people with the insurance remediation part of it? So, we're, we're, I mean, most of our business has been built around insurance restoration, meaning that a lot of the uh, uh, projects we get involved with are and maybe covered by an insurance policy. So because of that, um, we deal with uh, negotiating, talking with uh working with adjusters for the uh, settlement amount or the cost of the repairs. So I like to think that uh, we're really well-versed in, in understanding what makes insurance companies um, move and what kind of information they need so they can pay out claims in an efficient and, and quick way. So that's paramount. That's huge. The different language in the insurance world, like it's a different language and, you know, maybe broadcasting or accounting or whatever. So speaking their language, speaking the insurance industry's language helps tremendously. Uh, without that, then it can be a really 
probably frustrating experience dealing just with that insurance side of it. All right. Now, this is good for our listeners. I want them to understand what happens when you come in. Do you do? Do you start with dryer? First thing, of course, we stop the water. But what do you suck it out and then dry it? What, what's what's the drill for you guys? Well, well, it, it, so so understanding, you know, what the source is and if it's been stopped, taking care of uh, the, the flow of the water, stopped, and then we'll moisture map it, walk it real fast, and just kind of understand how severe is it. And, and if it's a coming from the ceiling down, then it, you know, is it in the ceiling, the floor above it? If it's coming from the walls, so understanding where the moisture is. Is first, and then uh, normally we're going to extract the water first. Meaning, if there's inches of water or just you know feet, we've had a you know basement six seven feet deep, but get the water out first. Then we're going to start the uh, dry outs uh, process, and we use refrigerant dehumidification, and we use desiccant refrigerant. Uh, uh, wow. Uh, yeah, the uh, dehumidifiers, and then air movement, and the air movement along with the um, the uh, refrigerant or desiccant dehumidifiers is what dries down the structure. And generally, uh, one, two, three, four days, we can dry a structure down. But depending on what we're working with, if it's a porous or dense product, concrete, wood, uh, soft goods like carpet, some products will dry down faster than others. So each dry out can be different, but that's where it's critical that your restoration contractor be there to monitor it, monitor it, the progress on a daily basis so that adjustments can be made, put more equipment on it, take more equipment off, reposition the equipment so that you're understanding the science of how it's drying down and you just don't walk away and come back in three days and go, oh, it didn't dry or it did dry. All right. So So, I'm not, I'm not your chief financial officer. I'd be proud to be, but if I'm looking at the books and I want to see how many fans the Michelis Corporation owns, if I'm looking at your asset listing, how, how many fans do you guys own there? So at least seven hundred, probably <laughs> seven hundred um, to a thousand. Oh, yes, sir. Golly, Richard, and, you guys are the real the, deal. And then the dehumidifiers, and, there, and none of that is inexpensive equipment. Oh, so no. the dehumidifiers, generally, we're going to have one dehumidifier to about every ten fans, and that seems to be kind of a rule of thumb. Be prepared to if you're going to drop one, what we call an LGR refrigerant dehumidifier on, on space, then you're generally going to have somewhere around 10 fans uh, with that dehumidifier. So uh, that's how you kind of build your, your inventory. And of course, based upon the amount of business you do, um, you know, that you build your inventory up to satisfy the needs. So we're continuing to add to our inventory list all the time. Um, you know, some of it breaks down, some of it actually becomes antiquated. Some of the fans are so much lower in amperage that another challenge restoration companies can have is you bring in a bunch of equipment into a structure and uh, suddenly your breaker panels are kicking because it's just not wired right. to handle the draw from the equipment. So the lower the amperage the equipment's pulling, the less likelihood that you're going to have these breakers kicking. And there's nothing worse than getting that call after you've left the site saying, hey, all the equipment just quit running. Oh, Richard. You know, I don't want I don't want to be in your business, but I'm so proud to know you guys because you do it right. You you really do. It's a, thanks for everything, Richard. Eight four four fix indy. That's eight four four fix indy. Richard Michalis, president, owner, the great Wazubi of Michalis. <laughs> thanks for joining us, Richard.
All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, guys. Stay thanks warm. so much. Thank you. You too. It's the Michelis Corporation, 844-FIX-INDY. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. 93 WIBC. Give us a call. We'll do our best uh, to get you on air, help you get your question answered. It's 317-239-9393. My name's Denny Smith. My buddy Pat is uh, off today. They are down in Atlanta at the big Christmas show, and uh, they take a bunch of people down there, and there's a lot of people down in Atlanta. I know the folks at Sundown Gardens and Miss M's Home and Garden are down there. I know my uh, friend from uh, Farm Girl Mercantile down in Franklin, Indiana is down there. I don't know what they do with all these Indiana people down there, but it's a big deal. Jack just got in last night. Oh, he went down there too? Yeah, he has a, he has a couple of little products I told him we should talk about a little oh, later. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I wanna, I've never been, but I understand it's, what, three big buildings three multiple. big buildings 20 floors full of just different kind of products for these guys to purchase wow. doesn't that sound like fun <laughs> all right we've got some callers and we've got john here john you called 317-239-9393 what can we do to help you so i bet you know there's a certain scream that your wife has that lets you know that something's in the house that shouldn't be oh yeah and uh I heard that last night and there was a squirrel in my bedroom uh climbing along the curtains <laughs> Uh, and I'm not above killing, so <laughs> I, I uh, armed myself with my pellet rifle and was ready to uh, dispatch him into the squirrely afterlife, but he hid. It's a little, I didn't know this existed, but there's a small chase that whoever put this bathroom in incorrectly did next to the cabinet that goes up to my attic. So That would have scared, that, I'm sorry, I'm a tough guy and I can handle snakes and raccoons. But squirrels are so fast, it scares the crap out of me, John. I think we've seen Christmas Vacation. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. My thought exactly. All right. So what'd you do? Um, failed. So it's either stuck in my wall or it has made its way back in my attic. I've had them in the attic before and thought I had taken care of the problem. And I'm a, I'm a guy who'll do my own wiring and framing and plumbing. So I've tried my hand at squirrel eradication but i guess as it's gotten colder somebody found their way back in uh-huh. yeah they go um, for the heat john and so the first thing you got to do is fix the chase behind the vanity or wherever it is fix that and then find out as best you can by reconnoitering where it's going to terminate up in the attic and find out how they're getting in there but then the next part is you got to get him out of the attic and what i have found is disco light bulbs and loud loud boombox type music but you got to figure out where they're getting in and then you got to block that but if you don't get them out you got to get them out first and then fix the hole if you don't then you're going to have squirrel bodies and they stink (laughs) and they stink and i think i've had squirrel bodies before like i said i had this has happened in years past and somebody was innovative um but i wanted to collect your thoughts in general on attic rodent pest eradication because those little uh 
the ultrasonic things, they don't work. No, nah, no, nah, they don't. Uh, I, I I have a heart trap. I try to save everything. I mean, I had some chipmunks that were driving me crazy on the back porch, and I had to buy a second trap. I had to have a heart trap that did not work. They were too smart for it. They'd get in, and it was like they got part of their body out to where the door would come down, and that was enough for them to override and they'd sneak out. So I got a, another trap, and then I'd take them over to Pat's house and turn them loose. <laughs> but, but with a squirrel, you've got to find out up in the attic. The nice thing about the attic this time of year, get yourself a headlamp, and it's really not too bad. It's a little chilly up there, but now's a good time to be doing it before summertime gets. Well, I, I think that I know where they got in because it's probably where they got in before. But yeah. um, I you'll be able, John, you'll uh, see the mess upstairs. I, I mean, when you're in the attic, you're going to see where they're farting around up there, and uh, yeah. you, you'll be able to see their trails and what they're doing. But they're going for the warmth, and uh, that's why they came down that chaseway into the bathroom because that's a natural chimney effect from the lower level up there, and they're just trying to get warm. They're not oh. stupid, but yeah, but they are squirrels. Well, what are your thoughts on that, that Tomcat rodent spray foam? It's like the great stuff spray foam, but supposedly. Uh, I don't, I, I have used it. Uh, I had a wall where I had uh, mice coming in and I used a, uh, it was a repellent um, foam that, and it was uh, a poison foam that if they would eat it, it, it would kill them. And I used that. That was in the black and yellow bottle, I think. I don't have a bit of problem with it. Did it I, work? Yeah, it did. Okay. It got rid of the yeah. mice. So that's what I want. Yeah. That's what we we'll fill up that chase with, I guess. But, Sorry. Uh, oh, again. land. Sorry, brother. I, I hope you find the squirrel as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, John, you want to tell us what the scream sounded like? <laughs> um, there's no way that I could mimic that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No. She's pretty tough, but I know when there's something. She has seen something that does not belong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. Uh, John, thanks for the phone call. Good <laughs> luck. Poor guy. Now he's got to solve this problem, and she's going to want to know that there's a body, or she's going to want to know. See the evidence. It's yeah. gone. We, yeah. had a, we had a friend once who sat down on a toilet and in the middle of the night just to pee, and there was a rat in the toilet. The rats can come <gasps> Absolutely up. Absolutely not. And uh, it just sort of scratched her bottom. Strike three. It, strike three. Yeah, she, it was a long time before she would get up and go to that bathroom. Scratch I mean, she probably has PTSD from that. Oh my <laughs> you goodness! Think? Yeah, we've we've seen snakes. We've seen uh, rats are kind of an, unusual. Uh, squirrels definitely come up there in the well, toilet. And it's funny t- in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Squirrels in the toilet. Okay. Squirrels will come down the vent for a chimney uh-huh. because it's warm. Then they die from the carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide fumes. Oh my gosh. And the body's left, and then they start to stink. But they also will, if they get in the sewer, they'll come up through the toilet for water. Well, it's funny. Just flush them right back down. Yeah, I don't know if that works, brother. <laughs> uh, it's actually funny because the way John was describing how the squirrel got in behind the vanity, that reminded me a couple years ago when I was producing for Tony Katz. He and his wife had the situation, but with a bat. Oh, yeah. And it Ooh. came in this exact same way. So it is very common, and I'm so sorry for all of you dealing with that. I, yeah. I'd like to hear Tony Tony Cat scream. Hey, when, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk to a buddy of mine who does the ice dip. Yes, the ice dip right here on 93 WIBC. Let's kick it. You know, I lived on the west side most of my life. We lived in the same house for 33 years in a nice little neighborhood. And we had a neighbor that, that moved in across the street. He was an architect. His wife was a dental hygienist. And they had one little girl who was tough as nails. Uh, 
my friend was a stay-at-home dad while mom worked, but he was an architect, so he could work from home. And I fell in love with this guy. He was just a great human being. I loved the way he raised his children. I uh, got to see his son uh, born at the house. Then they moved across the street, remodeled the house across the street, my, became my next-door neighbor. And uh, I always thought he was normal. Honest to goodness, I thought he was normal. I didn't see any psychological issues. I didn't see any emotional issues. I thought he was rock solid, stable. That's what we said about you. I know, but I sent you all. <laughs> Thanks, Allison. I yeah. cheap shot <laughs> Allison Lemons over here. I but I sent you all a video this morning of this old neighbor of mine getting into a vat of ice water. Todd Scoggins from the west side of Indianapolis who happens to be the chairman of the architectural committee uh, for the state of Indiana, Todd Scoggins, welcome to Home and Garden. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. I like the bumper music, by the way. Oh, yeah. That, that's Kylan Talley at her <laughs> Thanks, finest. Todd. Very fitting. All right. So what the hell's going on in my old neighborhood? What are you doing every morning? Everything's fine, Denny. What are you talking about? It's great here. We miss you, but uh, no, yeah. it's fantastic. All right. So you get into a vat, a barrel. I'm going to guess it's about a 40-gallon yeah. barrel. In the summertime, you fill it full of ice, but in the wintertime, all right. you have to do is just turn it loose. So what are you doing, Todd? Well, Denny, my son Jack, is he, he's the one that inspired me to look into this. He's in high school, and he started doing these ice baths after his cross-country practices. And I got curious, so I started researching it, and so I decided to, to jump in, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> I love it. It's it's fantastic. Now, look, I got to say this um, before I before I say anything else. I guess I'm not a doctor, and uh, for anybody listening, you really want to think about this and do your homework for yourself before you decide to do something like this. And <laughs> I'm, no I'm kidding. Because, yeah, I'm oh, not yeah. a doctor, but I play one on TV. All right. right. Exactly. Well, I mean, and I read, uh, what I've read, and it makes sense, especially folks with a heart condition. Um, the initial shock could. Could throw somebody into, into a cardiac arrest. So other than that, really it's want, perfectly safe. Other than that, other than that, it's great. Scoggins, me, you are heart attack I, material waiting to happen. <laughs> How do you get into the vat? Do you have a, a set of step ladders to get into it? No, I just step into it. I've, I've, what I found is practical for me is just a one-person barrel, and uh, that's perfect for what I need. But what I have experienced, seriously, what I've experienced is the boost in my energy. When I get out of the water, I'm my energy is is you know so high. I'm there's a there's a spring in my step. I I'm whistling. I'm singing, um, and it lasts me pretty much the whole day. Um, metabolism boosts your metabolism, my mood, but also for healing. Uh, and this it's great for inflammation and it promotes healing throughout the body because, and, and it makes sense. The body, I guess, from everything I've researched, the the body feels like it's in a trauma mode. So then it kicks in all of the healing mechanisms in the body. And so it's, it's really great for healing. Now, for me, uh, it has really been great because I've, I've got a neurological issue that I've been dealing with the last three years. Um, long story, I'm not going to get into, into that, but the, the net effect is I've got probably what's permanent damage to my central nervous system. And it creates a, a burning sensation in my skin, kind of like a neuropathy. And mainstream medicine is kind of at a loss to, to help with that. There's not a lot of meds that I want to take for that kind of thing. But what I have found is that this has had a significant effect and the improvement in, in that nurse pain. That's pretty cool. Allison's, oh, Allison's, got, Allison's got a question Yeah, for you. so Todd, um, do you do this every morning? Do you do it once a week? And then about how long do you stay in the cold plunge? 
I do it every day. Okay. Sometimes, in the morning, sometimes I don't get to it in the morning. Sometimes it's in the afternoon before I, I get a chance or the evening. But I, I try to do it every day just because I really do enjoy it and I really, really love the feeling. What, what, I, what I have read many times is that three times a week is fine. Um, and the water, you want to get the water to about 40 degrees, 40, 45 degrees. Oh and, and so you hop in for about five minutes. And it's and it's great for you know it's also great for us it it boosts my sense of determination and initiative because well, that I would agree with that. that that would be an absolute morale booster of <laughs> I can do this oh yeah do you dread getting into the into the water at all I mean do you, you're saying you I look do. forward to it I think you're full of beans Scoggins <laughs> I've heard the hardest part is getting in but once you're in you're okay. Easiest parts that's getting exactly in. Right. That's what I mean when I say that it, it, it helps me with my sense of determination because what I learn every morning or every, every time I do this, I don't want to get into the water. I, I am not looking forward to that initial shock. I can, I can tell you that. Do you take and a hot shower months, first or after? When do no, you take your hot no, shower? No, no, no. And it, it, Defeats the purpose. This. No, you don't want to take a hot shower because then you just you, you sort of uh, – it, 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 it reduces the effect of the cold – therapy on the body so i i do jump in the shower but i jump in cold water just to rinse off so i go from nice bath into a cold shower all right todd uh, we got it we've got about a minute left where right. would you send people to look at this where where can they learn more about this if they would like to attempt this nonce this stuff <laughs> what you start to say nonsense yes that's what i started to say we got a minute todd make it quick okay um, I mean, just, I mean, the internet, just Google it. Just Google cold therapy, cold shock therapy. Uh, just Google that and just, you know, find all of the, all of the reputable websites that can give you information. And I, and I mean it, research it for yourself. If you feel it necessary, talk to your doctor before you try something like this. <laughs> but, uh, and so I will say a, it's, it's a new thing. I've, a lot of people I know are getting into it and they really enjoy it. It's helping their inflammation. Like you said, spike of okay. dopamine, reducing stress. I mean, all these yep. things, I mean, it really does have a lot of more benefits. Uh, Your friend really? Bo Rayleigh at Exercise Inc. would even endorse I it. I think so. Todd, we got to <laughs> go. Give my love to Heather, Savannah, Jack. Tell Jack to keep an eye on his old man because I think you're losing your marbles. But you take no, care, brother. Not. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Thanks, brother. All right. Todd Scoggins, you heard it here first. And I tell Cold you what, plunge. at the top of the hour, we're going to have a mental health professional just to see if he's nuts. <laughs> it's 93 WIBC. Say that grown-up men are still just little boys That really the only difference is the price of our toys We go for macho symbols like guns and running shoes Pickup trucks, hunting ducks, and power tools Power tools Well, it's a beautiful, sunny Saturday morning in central Indiana What a great day to be alive don't get uh, crazy like my neighbor. You don't have to go out in the snow, you know, half-dressed. But enjoy this fresh weather. Enjoy the sunshine. There's something about the sunshine that just perks us all up. My name's Denny Smith. It's the Home and Garden Show. We're brought to you by the Michelas Corporation. Water storms, fire, and wet basements. Life happens. Michelas happens to help you through it. If you need them, you give them a holler. It's 844-FIX-INDY. Guys in the studio with me, I've got uh, Kylan Talley, Kylan May Talley. I've got Allison Lemons uh, with me, and, of course, my, my good buddy Jack Phipps from Allisonville Home and Garden by Sullivan. 
Also on the phone is a guy that I've only been on radio with a couple of times, but I have the deepest respect for him because he continued his education as an adult, and he went back and became a psychotherapist who's in private practice, but he's also a licensed clinical social worker. You know him as Sean Copeland from our sister station, B105.7. Hey, Sean, good morning. Hey, everybody. (laughs) It's good to have you, man. Now, I understand that uh, you are not in this beautiful, cold, sunny weather. You uh, are out and about someplace, so I'm not going to bother you other than tell you it was zero degrees when I drove in this morning. It's cold, brother. You know what? That's warmer than it has been some days this week. Oh, isn't that so the true. Truth? Hey, Sean, the reason I wanted to reach out to you, in, in spite of what my neighbor, I know you didn't hear my neighbor ahead of time. I have a neighbor that goes out, or an old neighbor that I, I left the neighborhood because it was getting kind of wacky. But he goes out and he gets into a tub of 40-degree water, and he sits in it for five hours. He got a little bit spunky no, this no. week. No, Five minutes. Oh, five he does minutes. a cold plunge for five minutes. And then he goes out. You didn't hear this part. He went out and got in and started doing ice angels or snow angels at the wow. same time. But, Sean, this is a time of year where we're fighting depression. We're fighting all sorts of different things. Just what is SAD, seasonal affective disorder? How common is it? I mean, it's just a type of depression, you know, I mean, the thought is that shorter days and less sunlight can trigger chemical changes in the brain, which leads to more symptoms of depression. Um, As far as how common it is, I don't know. I mean, I don't have any hard numbers on that. Anecdotally, I can say it's it's um, it's become kind of a buzz thing, right? Like there's a lot of people that if they feel down in the winter, they just say, oh, yeah, well, I have this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as to whether they actually do or not, I don't know, because to get a diagnosis of this, I mean, it really is a chemical thing in the brain. Really? You know, we, we get vitamin D from the sun. Um, is, is the cold, is it lack of sun? What triggers the mood change that you have seen clinically? I mean, yeah, the cold. I mean, I think it, it lends uh, itself to us being inside more. You know, maybe we're less social, so we feel less connected to people. Um, certainly the lack of sun. A lot of the research around it now thinks uh, points to melatonin, too, that our body produces more melatonin in the dark. And so this time of year, there's more dark. And so our body is making more melatonin. And uh, melatonin obviously can help you sleep, but it can make you feel kind of depressed and have less energy, too. When somebody comes in to see you and you can see that they're depressed, do you narrow it down to seasonality? Do you narrow it down to events? And then what have you found to treat it? I mean, how do you approach it as a clinician? Yeah, I mean, you got to be assessed to determine the best course of treatment and to determine exactly what is going on. Um, You know, some people will actually have clinical depression and just kind of push through, keep on trucking, you know, and that's not something I recommend. And then there are people that are so debilitated by it that they can't get out of bed. So you're trying to, you know, sort of assess the acuteness of it to determine the treatment. Um, And you are trying to figure out what the cause is, right? I mean, there are some people who, particularly after the holidays, let's say being around their family is stressful and taxing. Well, then they might feel depressed after that. Well, that may not be related to the season. That may not be related to a chemical change in your brain. It may just be that your family wore you the hell out and you don't feel good <laughs> after being around them, you know? Well, and so to that trying point... To figure, you're trying to figure it out, yeah. Yeah, and to that point, Sean, uh, this is Allison here. Um, y- there's, you know, the 
January blues, kind of what you're insinuating, you know, after the holidays, whether it's stress of the family or just like Denny was talking about, it's just the, the sun's not out as much for people who maybe don't have clinical depression, but are feeling down, especially this time of year, this time of month. What do you recommend they do? Yeah. I'm, well, have you guys heard of, uh, I think they would be called happy lights. Yes. Yeah. Light boxes. Yeah. Yes. I have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a lamp that emits sort of synthetic UV rays, if you will. I mean, people say people swear by those. Um, you know, I encourage people to pay attention to the forecast too, right? Like, if we got a sunny day in the forecast, do your best to be outside. Take a bundle up and take a walk at lunch. Um, I, I also uh, we can learn a lot from animals, right? So Absolutely. I learn a lot. I learned this from my cat. I don't know if you if you give anybody there has cats, but I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm a dog guy. But I'll work with this one. Go ahead with a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a dog guy too, but don't tell my cat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the cats love sunlight, man. My cat will will roam the house and find sunspots, you yes. know, exactly where the sun is shining in, and they'll lay in it for hours. Uh, yeah. Look, if you're if you're around the house, maybe you're going to read a book on a Saturday afternoon. Do it by a window. I mean, that may seem like incredibly like incredibly simple advice, but expose yourself to as much natural light as you can. And Allison, to your point about uh, about just kind of the January blues after all the hubbub of the holidays, I encourage all of my clients to have something to look forward to on your calendar at all times. Right? Oh, For many great of us, idea. I love that. We are looking forward to the holidays and and so much anticipation. And then after that, it's kind of, you know, it can be sort of anecdotally depressing. So have something on your calendar. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, if I get a vacation on the calendar, Mm -hmm. I am looking forward to it so much. So it kind of it it amplifies the cognitive benefits. Right. I'm not just enjoying the vacation. I'm enjoying the anticipation of it. This is Sean Copeland. Uh, you know him from our sister station, B105.7 in the mornings. For those of you who change the channel, if Tony's saying something or doing something and you're getting angry, <laughs> that's, where to, that's where to go. It's 105.7. He is a psychotherapist. He's in private practice, but he's also a licensed clinical social worker. So here's the million-dollar question from my standpoint. Are men or women more apt to suffer from seasonal affective disorder? Is it is it non um, non-sex uh, driven or who's who's more apt to it women are a little bit more likely to suffer from seasonal affective disorder than are men and so we don't see it a lot in teenagers it's specifically uh in women over the age of 20 huh. and the thought is that it has to do with fluctuating estrogen levels which of course uh, men are not dealing with, and that can make you more susceptible. Interesting. Are there age groups that are more susceptible? We we know that women might be. Are there age groups that are more susceptible to SAD? I mean, there is some data to suggest that the older you get, you're more susceptible to depression anyway. That can be related to, uh, you know, just life changes, but also just physical health and hormonal changes. Because when we're talking about clinical depression, most of the time we're talking about some kind of a chemical or a hormonal imbalance. And your hormones tend to fluctuate and change more and more rapidly as you age. If I get the courage, and a lot of people will not search out a clinical social worker or a psychotherapist, but let's say I get the courage to come see you. If I come into you in a clinical situation, 
how do you approach me? What, what are some of the things you'll say to me as you're trying to diagnose and see what's going on? What do you, what do, you do with a guy like me? Well, the guy like you, Denny, I'd probably refer you to somebody else. Oh, there you go. He set himself up for yeah, that Yeah, that's Sean Copeland, B105.7 in the morning. All right, so yeah. seriously, when somebody comes yeah, in, yeah. what do they expect from somebody who's trying to help them? Sure. Well, first, you're going to determine what's going on for them, right? Again, like I said before, is this just stress? Because, you know, life stress and clinical depression are not the same thing, right? Uh, you're you're going to try to determine what the best course of treatment is. Um, a lot of people, you know, want antidepressants or some other kind of medication. While I'm not a prescriber, if I'm going to refer a, a client to a prescriber, I'm going to say meds, as an example, are going to be a last resort for me. Not that Good. they're bad. Good. Meds are great. Meds are helpful, but they're almost exclusively helpful for those true chemical or hormonal imbalances. And so if that's not what you're dealing with, then the meds are less likely to be helpful. So it's important that, that somebody would get a, a, a thorough assessment. I'm, I'm much more... Um, I'm much more likely to start with behavior, right? Like this is this is called behavioral health for a reason. So I'd rather start with what behaviors can you do to improve this situation for yourself before we just start filling you up with medication. Sean Copeland joins us. He is the program director for B105. And I have to ask you this question because I noticed that when I listen to B105, different times of the day, I'm getting different types of music. Do we compound our emotional states by listening to the wrong type of music? Oh. That's a really good question. That um, is a good question, I, Denny. <laughs> I, I, tend to like, uh, I tend to like sad music. Me uh, too. My wife yells at me about it. <laughs> she says, <laughs> when that, that's too sad. Stop listening to that, you know? Oh, well. Spotify, you know, the, the streaming service, they uh, they put together this list at the end of the year that kind of characterizes your listening habits. Spotify uh-huh. this year called me, uh, I think they called me a lonely vampire. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear yeah. Lord. They said, you li- you like to listen to sad music at night, Sean. And I'm like, you know what? I do. You guys, <laughs> you nailed it. So, uh-huh. so, so as far as, as, as music, I mean, every person is different. I encourage people like, you know, just like your car, pay attention to your gauges. If your gauge, if your sad gauge is going off when you're listening to music, then stop listening to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, doctor, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. Um <laughs> <laughs> some some research suggests, though, that listening to sad music actually helps people with depressive disorders, because if if they're connecting with the emotion in the song, maybe they feel that their emotions are, oh, man, I'm not alone in this. Somebody else gets what I'm feeling, too. Yeah. Somebody else has felt this way before. And then music obviously has big elements of nostalgia. Even if a song is sad, it can connect you to a different, maybe even happier time in your life. Sean, if people want to... Uh, reach out to you. It, it, you're a really nice guy, Sean. I, d- I don't know if you appreciate how comforting it is to listen to you on air, but Aww. if people want to get in touch with you for professional services, how do they do that? If people want to sit down and talk with you through, through some things. Yeah, my practice is in Greenwood, but I uh, do virtual sessions too and see people from across the metro, um, but it's evolvetherapy.com. Evolve, E-V-O-L-V-E therapy.com. That's it, Denny. That's pretty cool.
Sean Copeland, I know that you're uh, away, and I really appreciate you taking time to join us here on the Home and Garden Show. You're, you're the real deal, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. There you go. Our buddy Sean Copeland, and, and he really is the real deal. He's as nice on air as he is in person. And if you would like to reach out to him, it's evolvetherapy.com. And I love that I love that tip where he talks about, you know, if you're just feeling down about this time of year, because I think everyone does. It's just after the holidays. It's great We're skies. We're all exhausted. We're all exhausted. We're yeah. cold. I love the tip of just planning something to look forward to. I will tell you something. As you get older, what you notice is that some people who are elderly have hung on through the, uh, through the holidays. And I've been to so many funerals Aww. after the holidays because, you know, I've got older people that are in my life. And sure. uh, I'm just surprised at how people, uh, I'm not saying they give up, but there is a difference There's after the holidays. a hope long enough to hold on through the holidays. Yeah. and then Exactly right. I used to say that about my Christmas cactus, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're taking your phone calls. When we come back, we'll get your phone calls. We've got Lori and Rebecca on here. Uh, we've got, we'll be talking to you, too. It's 317-239-9393, right here on 93 WIBC. As you can imagine, I cannot make a bad move here. I was told <laughs> well, that next up that. for us is JMV. John, good to have you. How are you, man? Danny, buddy, how you doing? coming off of Brett? My daughter, Lainey, is fourteen today, so we went out. Happy birthday, Lainey! Lainey Lewis, fourteen, the Lainey X. So we went out to breakfast, and then uh, I think she got a party tonight at uh, Rascal's Fun Zone down in. That's Whiteland fun. While I do the JMV takeover tonight, so it was scheduled opposite of the JMV takeover. So I think that kind of tells me all I need to know about how much they want me around. John, That's not I, a coincidence, John, John. I've got something for you to watch on the Discovery Channel. It's a father about your age and a daughter yeah. about Lainey's age, and it's called Unconventional Building. And it's a father-daughter uh, duet. Cappy is his name, and her name is Sprout. But she's 14 years old, and she's every bit as mature as Lainey is. But the two of them do these unconventional builds. They'll do them out of shipping containers. They did them out of the yep. old container that holds a con holds concrete on a concrete truck. They're they're a fun phenomenal duo. And I looked at Jane and I said, "That's JMV and Laney right there." I mean, just <laughs> that type of stuff. Fourteen years old, yeah, buddy. She, Fourteen. She got a uh, she wanted a record player, so she wants to. She's collecting vinyl. Her, right. One of her favorite bands right now is Fleetwood Mac. <gasps> Are oh you so gosh. proud? I'm pretty proud. I, I was when she was in second grade, guys. I was so proud. They went around the room when she was in second grade and said, "All right, what music do you like the best? What do you like to listen to?" And she said, "Howard Jones, obviously from the 1980s." With me. Wow! And I've never been so proud in my life. Not only that, both of my kids are great. Blake turns 18 next week. No way! For his gift, we're going to go see a flock of seagulls at the Egyptian room. Oh, right. nice. So, hey, you need I to get be more musically proud of my kids. Oh, you need so, to get Lainey so. some old Joe Cocker albums. She would like oh, Joe, yeah. Joe Cocker. Well, hey, yeah, listen, she, some yeah. oh, I was just going to say some big big changes with the Pacers. I got old Pacer guys from the ABA days that are dancing in the streets. I mean, they are <laughs> fired up, JMV. Yeah, you know what? It was disappointing last night, that first game with Pascal Siakam that they lost. Yeah. It was the second of a back-to-back. -back. You know, Siakam, he played well in his debut. Uh, Halliburton came back. He hadn't played in a week. He played well. Miles Turner played well. I think Buddy played well, but that's about it. The bench, you can tell the bench from the night before, the first of the back-to-back -back they won in Sacramento. 
Uh, they were gassed. I mean, absolutely gassed. You shouldn't get swept by Portland. and They got beat last night again by Portland on the road. But it was a, a solid debut, if for nothing else, for Pascal Siakam. And your friends have reason to be excited because this is like one of these initial steps this Pacers team taking right now to consistently be good again. And Pacer fans have waited, just like Colts fans have waited for a long time to get that level of legitimacy once again. I grew up, uh, George McGinnis was a year older than I, and uh, he and Steve Downing, George McGinnis from Washington. And I always said that God doesn't shut a door that he doesn't crack a window for someplace. And that's exactly what happened with the Pacers. We said goodbye to George, and then all of a sudden we get this monumental trade and everybody's okay. And I, and I like that, John. Yeah. It just made us all feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we've been spending – I say this all the time. We spend so much time because of the teams. Like, for example, I use in the middle of that right now. I mean, all the negative is swirling around yeah. IU. But it's been such a long time since we had a consistent winner. And we got so used to with the Pacers and with the Manning era, with the Colts, consistent winning. And it has been few and far between for the better part of 10-plus years with both of these franchises here. And it just feels good because you can see, and even with the Colts, you can see, and, and then you hope, but you can certainly see with the Pacers that they, they are on the right track. And, you know, Denny, they stopped down to reboot a year ago, right? They wanted to basically right. start over again, but they are ahead of schedule with, uh, with starting over again, which, which is pretty good. And, and people around here deserve that because yeah. you, get, you get tired of being negative. I get tired every day of talking about how loser this and loser that and that stinks and this stunk, and it's good to talk some positivity. For every negative, there's a positive. So all this crummy weather and people tracking in everything from snow and <laughs> ice and the dog brings in watery paws and tears up our floors. But there's a solution for that, John, with, a, with good floors. My guy Brian Kahn, Floors Deer Home right now, and they bring it in. They bring in the overstocks at Floors Deer Home. That's what Brian does and gives the general public an incredibly deep discount, oftentimes up to 50%. I'm in need of flooring right now, too. My carpeting is absolutely spent. It's done, and I'm lucky that I have Floors Deer Home, and so is everybody else right now. Again, carpeting, well, laminate flooring, uh, water, uh, waterproof flooring. Uh, you've got wood, hardwood. It's, it's great. It really is a great place. Locations in central Indiana, Noblesville, Brookville Road, and Avon. Tell Brian that I sent you to floors to your home. I'm telling you, you're right. This time of year, it really does magnify how important your flooring is and how it needs to be changed up because it may look bad, but it magnifies. It's getting magnified this time of year about how bad it does look. And that's my situation. And Brian Kahn and Floors Deer Home right there for us, guys. Always great. John, will we hear you on B1057 tonight? Oh, we're going to have a blast tonight. See, it's, it's a nothing but the 90s weekend, but I'm going to go ahead and still hold it open for people that want some 80s and 70s. But Thank you. Be <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I was thinking about you when I did that. Yeah. So I want to make sure. That somebody calls in and wants to hear Gordon Lightfoot. Shania Twain, boss. Shania Twain. Shania Twain. Oh, yeah. Hear some Foo Fighters and Pearl Jam and stuff like that tonight, too. Be a good night. JMV, the famous John, uh, B105.7 tonight. John, we always appreciate you calling. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Danny. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks again. You too. Happy birthday to Laney. There you go. Nothing like a teenage uh, birthday in the house. You know, they, they're starting to age up. They become When they go from 12 to 13, they actually become the teenager. 
Oh, big time in the house. Big time. Do you oh, remember yeah. when you turned 13? Oh, I did. Yeah, she's and uh, Rascal's Fun Zone. That's pretty fun. Rascal. Yeah. yeah. There's a mini golf and uh, bowling and all that. So that'll be fun. There we go. Well, it's the Home and Guard Show. When we come back, Lori, you're first up. Don't don't give up on us. We'll get oh, you. Oh wait, we, we got Craft Corner. Oh, we got Craft Corner too. Yeah, Can I let's take, take Lori? Real let's quick. take Lori right now. Real Lori. Quick, real quick. All right, Miss Lori, how are you? Fine, guys. Listen, I was wondering on the mole worms, are they bad for our pets? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you got to keep them away from the pets. And uh, But since they're going into the ground, unless you've got a digger, I wouldn't worry about it. Because just read the warning on the outside, and I'm sure that they're there. Allison, you were talking about Tomcat. I'm sure they've got warnings all over that stuff. Yeah, and just watch your watch your animals when they're in the yard. But really, the key is if the, you have a digger, that's when you have to be careful. Yeah, and if you, if you can, wear rubber gloves yourself or those little vinyl throwaway gloves, Lori. Okay, well, we have a little chihuahua that thinks he's 900 pounds <laughs> and takes on anything. So, yeah, he's always digging one up and bringing it to us. He'll bring a molt? Oh, Lori, yeah. I wouldn't use the worms. Go with a harpoon trap. It'll it'll yeah. spear him and kill him, but that it won't hurt the dog. So I'm oh, sorry, okay. she's gonna no. kill him one way or another. Lori, you got you're a murderer, Lori. <laughs> no, I'm not digging him up. Yeah, the 900 pound Chihuahua. Is. What? Okay, what do you call a 900 pound Chihuahua? What's his name? General Boots. General oh, Boots. My gosh. Oh, That's Allison a great just name. melted, just melted. Lori, thanks for your phone call. Now, listen, Lori, you stay tuned because coming up next, we've got Craft Corner with the very famous Allison Lemons and her cohort, Jack Phipps. Life is full of things to manage your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. It's the Home and Garden Show. We've got Craft Corner going on. We are doing a Facebook Live right now as we're talking to you. Home and Garden, Indiana. That's Allison Lemons on the left and the famous Jack Phipps from Allisonville Home and Garden (laughs) by Sullivan on the right. All right, Allison, what have we got in Craft Corner? So today we are doing something that I think everyone could use. It's reusable hand warmers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Kylan. Reusable hand warmers. So you know you can you can buy those hand warmers at the store where you break them and then you right. can put them in your pocket. To it's keep a your chemical hands warm, reaction. But then you have to throw them away. So yeah. these you can reuse. You put them in the microwave and they're very easy. If I can do it, trust me, you can do it as yeah. well. <laughs> Does this involve a sewing machine? It, these don't because it's no sew because. I cannot sew. However, if you want to sew, you can. But today, you're just going to need some fabric, old fabric. You can also use an old flannel, an old t-shirt, whatever you need. Some uncooked, uncooked rice. Learned that the hard way. And then, (laughs) (laughs) we won't talk about that. And then some fabric, double-sided tape. And you can find this at Walmart. There we go. That's the sewing machine in a roll. And that's the sewing machine in a roll. There we go. So what you're going to do is take two pieces of fabric, and you're going to cut them into two squares to make sure they're even. And about how how big a six by six eight by eight well and that's the cool thing if you want smaller ones you can make smaller ones if you want a little bigger you can make a little bigger that's up to you that is your preference 
But uh, I actually found these fabric squares, and uh, you can just buy them at a pack at Walmart as well. And if you notice, there's a very nice little crinkle cut Yeah, uh, it's already detail. like a cut. Yeah. So we have a nice little decorative edge to it. This is cool. Hey, listen, we're getting some comments here from St. Paul, Indiana. Oh, wow, look at us. Shout out to St. Paul. Um, I hope you guys are staying warm. So what you're going to do is take these two pieces of fabric here, and we're going to take our double-sided tape, and you're just going to line it around the corner. So you're putting it like a box within the... All around the... Is it all the around the perimeter? On just the one. Just the one side. Okay. Around the perimeter. Thank you, Denny. Okay. It's hard to describe to the radio listeners why I'm also visually trying to make it. I see why Terry uh, gets fumbled. Yeah. <laughs> So and by the, the way, those of you who are missing Terry, she's at the Indiana State Fair. Yes, at the, at the home show. At the home show. She is the mistress of ceremonies there. So uh, when you hear the voice, that's going to be Terry Lynn's voice <laughs> on there. All right. So Jack is now putting a tape mm-hmm. around the perimeter. I'm going to do a quick zoom in here so you can see this. We went with the blue fabric today. Love it. They almost look like pocket squares to me. They do. So once you get the three sides, so one bottom and then two on the side. You can go ahead and peel them, and then they're going to have like an adhesive, so it looks like clear um, tape. It would be smart to cut and then put them on yeah, rather than yeah. doing it how I'm doing it. Yeah. So before you put that one on, you can go ahead and take these off. All and right, once so you take this, them is off, double, this is double stick tape. You've all used it. The one side's sticky, and then once you cut it and you put it on something, it's got the other layer that has the plastic, the, the slick plastic. But you this have fabric to kind, it will like really like glue, s- glue it together. <laughs> so once he gets that peeled off, he's going to put the other piece of fabric on top of it. All right. So Hopefully I'm going to zoom in there. and let's see I know, this. It's a little hard. And then while he's doing that, you're going to put it together. Thank you, Anderson, Indiana. It's good to hear from you. Oh, yeah, Anderson, Indiana. Yeah. Hello, AU. Anderson University. I went there. All right, so what is he doing now? He's So he's peeling the, peeling the tape. It's taking a second. It's not worth stalling. It's okay. I've been bragging on you all morning. And then while, you're d- yeah. while he's doing that, you're going to grit your uncooked rice, and you're basically going to fill it like a bean bag. Oh, I think I get it. If it's Jack can get l- this uh, off. <laughs> Poor guy. Hey, he's all thumbs, literally. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> Hey, uh, why don't you let Allison do that, Jack? Yeah. Hey, Sometimes it's hard that. without nails. It's yeah, like yeah, nails, nails. Hard let you nails. peel it a little bit. And I did just trim back, so. Yeah. And everything's very sticky right. now. It's okay. And dun, I did overlap dun, 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 dun. a bit. So what they've done is they've taken <laughs> double stick tape and they put it around the perimeter I think of, that's what he's done. of this cloth. And, uh, oh boy. of course, how many radio people does it take to remove the, the double stick tape? No okay. more than two. No more than two. Look who has blue eyes. You just looked up here, and that matches that yeah. blue <laughs> blue paisley or whatever that is. That's why we're using blue today. No, I guess so. so we're All right. So our fabric. Now, now we've got the double stick tape exposed, and Allison is squaring it up. Uh-huh. And one side, if you will remember, one side is still open. So this so. side is open, so we're just going to fill it with some rice. Let me hold that for you. Oh, really? Little. Now, is this Uncle Ben's? Is this... Um, uh, it doesn't matter what brand, as long as it's uncooked. Oh. Why the uncooked? You tried because cooked? Uh, the cooked um, it it won't heat back up. So this is oh, the, the idea see. of this is you can reheat this as many times as you want. We lost a piece in there. Okay, <laughs> we can just pretend. Yeah, we can okay. just pretend. You guys are really good it. at this. We're gonna oh. hold this open. So we're gonna hold it open. We're gonna put some rice in there. You know, you Dun-da-dum. guys gotta take you guys gotta take this show on the road. 
All right. These will be for sale online. Allison is really <laughs> good at pouring that in. And, and then, then you're going to close the top off here. With our last piece of tape. With our last piece of tape. And All right, we, so we'll show us the finished product. What What is going on It here? almost looks like a ravioli, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. But um, you can trim it up to make it smaller if you want, but the idea is just to enclose the fabric with some uncooked rice in it, and then you're going to put it in the microwave for 30 seconds, and this will stay up. warm. 30 seconds. It'll stay warm for a couple hours, and then if it doesn't, you know, if you want to put it back in the microwave, if you're shoveling your driveway and you come back in, and then you can just keep them in your little uh, pockets. Ooh, it's already hot. In your pockets. Ooh, oh, hot. Yeah. Wait a minute. It can't be yeah. hot. It's in the <laughs> studio. But that uh, way you save a couple of bucks, uh, use an old fabric t-shirt, a scarf, some uncooked rice, and some fabric tape. It's easier than what we make it look well to be. Well done. That's a, yeah. that's the theme of Craft Corner this Allison, week. Allison, <laughs> James Deeringer says, gee, not the only one listening and watching. Anderson, Indiana. St. Oh, Paul, Indiana. Oh, yes. Oh. Anderson, right, wave to the camera, Thank ladies you guys and gentlemen. So much. All right, we'll see you later. It's it's the Home and Garden Show, and that's Craft Corner. With- that's Craft Corner, and you can see what you're talking about, because I feel like sometimes it gets a little confusing via... Um, Radio. When you're just listening. It yeah. Does. So anyway, so t- it's okay. Part- Terry will be back soon. Yeah, playing Sorry, the everyone. part of Terry <laughs> was Jack my best. Fibs. And I'll do better All next right, time. when we come okay. back, there is room for your phone calls. Give us a call. 317-239-9393. I wish you could see Denny's face right now. He looks like he's reminiscing the time when Pat Sullivan was not bothering him. Yes, I'm I'm zoning off. Sully's down in uh, Atlanta at the show. Jack, you just came back from the show. It's three stories of pandemonium. Three buildings. Tell us about it. Twenty stories of pandemonium. Yeah. You get everything from Christmas to uh, patio furniture to clothing to tchotchkes yeah what what was your special you know i know it's divide and conquer for the sullivan team what was your specialty yeah so this year we focused on the some christmas things some of the old world traditional ornaments really excited about and then a lot of the garden center things okay garden center things to me just means chemicals so we have no chemicals but more pottery garden art some cool gazing balls um things you need and don't need gazing balls used to always be blown hand blown you know out of I'm going to say crystal, but it was basically glass. Yeah. Are the glass ones still available, or do you have to go with plastic? They are, but now mostly they're uh, almost like a ceramic with uh, glass tiles, so they've made like mosaic balls out of them. Then one of the most fascinating things in the world is to put a perch up by a gazing ball and watch the birds come in. Cardinals are so confused by them. and then So fascinated. You, yeah. you, but you have to keep them back from it so that they don't peck at it because their beaks are strong enough that they can actually break them. I bet them. they could. But it's pretty cool. Um, so did you did you put some things on company purchase orders? Did you buy something? We did. Something? Pat got a, a ding every hour or so uh, for, <laughs> the, for that next order going through. But I think we're going to have, you know, one of the best springs you know that we've had in a long time oh that's great so there will be some things for immediate shipment instead of waiting till next year for yeah so houseplant things we have coming right away spring things will be here and then christmas hopefully not till hey that brings up a question Uh, if you've got a question for jack phipps from allisonville home and garden by sullivan uh, certainly if you got a question for kyle in and 
and uh, Allison, I, again, I feel like Regis with Kathy Lee and Kathy Lee. I mean, I'm, I got the brains <laughs> right here beside me. Talk to me about pots. There are certain plants that we don't need to have a hole in the bottom of the pot. And I haven't figured out which ones it is. I'm always afraid of root rot or the water won't get out of there. What? Where would you use a pot that didn't have a hole in it? So we actually like to buy those kind of pots and just call them drop-in pots. So every plant you buy comes in a plastic, you know, grower pot or nursery right. pot. And if you can keep it in that, it'll be happy in whatever container you buy it in for six months to a year. Uh, the bigger you go, the longer it can stay in there. Is there a is there a possibility of overwatering the plastic? pot inside the terracotta pot or whatever type of pot it is? Only if you're not taking out that plastic pot to dump the excess, but it'll Ah. gather all that water, kind of give it time to soak back up into the dirt, and then you can just dump it out, put the pot right back in, good to go. Now, when... uh when springtime comes along, and we're all out at the home and garden shoulders because we're full of piss and vinegar and ready to get our yeah. gardens and our everything going. Can't wait. Can't wait. Is there one thing that you're going to watch to say, I bought that. I, that? That was my purchase order. Are you going to watch to see if those move? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. There's a line of pots that we have coming in um, that have kind of a natural look to them, but they go for any style. We saw everybody kind of look forward to them. So uh, we're looking forward to doing that again. I want to give a warning for those of you who love the oblong oval pots that have a nice, beautiful shape. I mean, you can see them, but there's, as they come up to the top, they sort of move in. So the top of the pot actually comes in. You make sure that if you're going to use that pot, that that is a forever pot. Because if you ever try to transplant from that pot, <laughs> nothing's coming. you out. can't get it out. So uh, that's just a warning from your Uncle Denny. I yeah. had that problem with a Christmas cactus. I finally got it out of there, but I had to trim down dirt and everything else. I was afraid I was going to have to break the pot, but I didn't want to do it. I do have good news for you. All right. Giant, giant Hobbit Jade yes. stumps are on their way. All right, so stay so, tuned. All right, wow. so what yeah. Jack is what talking about, yeah. the, the, the Jade Hobbit is a beautiful, beautiful plant. It's a slow grower. Well, tell them about what a Jade Hobbit yeah, is. Yeah, so it I'm, can get you know, two, three feet tall inside over the course of 20, 30 years, but it's a really a long-term plant. that ha- It's a jade, a succulent, that almost develops a wood-looking trunk as it gets a little bigger, uh, but it'll push out some flowers every spring, summer. It's just got the best kind of character to it. I have a jade tree in my house, and uh, you've probably never seen a jade tree, but no. mom and dad used to travel all over Canada, and uh, jade is a is a mineral that it's a rock that comes out pretty easy. Yeah. What a guy had done is he took brass wire and he had little bitty cubes, maybe a quarter inch cubes of jade and he wrapped around all those and he actually made that look like a leaf and made a little tree about the size of both both your hands. And I I have that. It's beautiful. But so I have a jade tree, but I've been wanting to get the jade hobbit. Yeah. Golly. All right. So what type of investment am I looking at for a jade hobbit stump? Uh, For you, we'll we'll give you. No, 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 no. I'm every man. Every man. So some of those plants are maybe truly 10 years old and have been cared for for years. So we're looking at maybe just under 200. Better eat my Wheaties. That sounds like a Christmas birthday present. <laughs> but it is a happy and healthy plant, and we'll get you through start to finish. All right. So now we got a couple minutes, and I want Allison to tell the story. 
when she went to the White Rock Park, uh, the cliff diving, swimming, zip lining in St. Paul, Indiana. Allison Lemons, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so uh, during Craft Corner, we had a couple listeners say, oh, hey, we're from St. Paul. And so off the air, I was telling them about how uh, me and my friends used to go to White Rock Park, where there's lots of cool cliff diving. That's kind of what they're known for in the summer. And it's so much fun. It's a giant quarry. There's zip lining and things of that nature. You jump off cliffs. So I was in high school. And, and you I, did the Nadia Comaneci. You were the most graceful gymnast that ever went. Per usual. <laughs> I am the most graceful human on the planet, as we all know. So uh, naturally, this was a great fit for me. No. Um, so I was uh, getting ready to do the zip line, and uh, I uh, let go a little too soon, let's just say. And I plopped uh, with my legs, like sitting down, like legs first onto the water and smack. So I did like a belly flop, but oh. with my back of my legs. Oh. And, uh, did it leave a mark? Um, let's just say uh, I had a bruise for about six months. Oh, my God. And Dear Lord. <laughs> my legs are stinging just oh thinking about gosh. it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, I bruised easily to begin with. So I, I yeah. Oh, Half whoa. of her leg is dark gray. I can only imagine how loud that slap sound was. Uh, I, just, I just remember looking above the water and seeing my brother-in-law and from the cliff at the top saying, are you okay? Are, are you okay? Did anybody jump in to save you? Uh, no, I told everyone to leave me alone and I cried in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. Alice, I'm, I'm strong. Tales of childhood from Allison Lemon. But it's a lot of fun if you do it smart. Hey, we're coming yeah. up on the fourth hour. We've survived the first three without Sullivan. Pat's down in Atlanta um, at the Christmas show. And uh, we'll be back with you next next hour, and we hope you'll take time to give us a call. It's 317-239-9393, right here on WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Well, some folks say that grown-up men are still just little boys. That really the only difference is the price of our toys. We go for macho symbols like guns and running shoes. Pickup trucks, hunting ducks, and power tools. Power tools. Power tools. Home and Garden Show for the last hour here on a Saturday, January 20th. A little chilly outside. Yeah, we know. But a couple days of this, and we're going to have some warmer weather. So you hang on. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And if you get a disaster from the freeze and thaw and you need some help, just remember we're brought to you by the Michelis Corporation. Water storms, fire and wet basements. Life happens. Michelis happens to help you through it. 844-FIX-INDY. Did you hear that they have 700 fans? I oh love it. Gosh. That, that makes a, you so happy. That's a lot of drying out, isn't there? <laughs> you know, one of the things that I enjoy about uh, WIBC is we got a lot of great sponsors that do a lot of things that people need help with. Joining us right now is somebody who has been with WIBC for a long time. It's Chris Cox. And uh, Chris is the uh, representative, the owner of the Great Wazubi of Chimney Solutions. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? And we're doing pretty good. You know, a lot of people have questions about, is there danger lurking here in my chimney? What's the number one issue when it comes to safely using a fireplace? 
When it comes to using a fireplace, I mean, the the most important thing that you can do for yourself, for your family, for your home is get it inspected every year. I mean, we have a lot of customers who will go four, five, six, seven years without looking at the chimney, gas logs, wood burning, all that. It It's so important to know what's going on and, and getting that annual inspection is, is key. You know, that's so true. We, we get our furnaces and air conditioners checked every year. And part of the furnace, especially if it's a fuel-based furnaces. We're checking that flue to see if we're getting any buildup of mm-hmm. soot or anything, but we never do that with our fireplace. That's kind of funny. In fact, Jack, you live in a house for, for 10 years. And yeah, when was the last time you got it inspected? Uh, since probably when the house was originally purchased yeah. for that inspection. Yeah, 10 years mm-hmm. ago. So what can happen in a, in a chimney over 10 years, Chris? There's a lot that can happen. I mean, you saw the weather that we're going to have tonight and what we've been having over the last week, these cold, cold negative temperatures. So we've got snow sitting on top of these chimney crowns. When it gets warm in the afternoon, sometimes it melts in, and then it freezes again at night. And over a decade, you can have um, a lot of damage that's caused uh, just by water infiltration freeze-thaw cycles. Um, You could have birds creating nests inside your chimney, you know, that creates a fire hazard. Uh, The flue tiles could be cracking. The the liner may be gapped and there's there's inconsistencies there. There's just, there's so many things that we can discover and uh, with a, with a level one or a level two inspection. And it's just crucial to make sure that's done. Chris, if we have, let's say we have a 12 inch clay uh, square tile that comes in, a lot mm-hmm. of people think that that the it is the brick on the outside that is where the chimney. No, there's an internal liner in there. If you start to see an erosion in that, how do you fix that? Wait, I mean, this is sort of like thoracic surgery. You know, mm-hmm. how do you get down there to fix what what needs to be repaired? Well, I'm I'm a small man, but I am not that small. So we don't we can't actually fit down inside of these chimneys. We have to be able to put in um, certain pieces of equipment in order to do repairs and liner replacements, that kind of thing. Um, you could do something as as drastic as break out the tiles with some heavy duty um, steel, and we break those out, and then we replace them with um, a single piece of stainless steel, a round stainless steel liner. Okay. Uh, if that's necessary. You can also do like a, we have a slip coat. We can resurface the inner portion of the chimney liner as well. So there are multiple things that we could do to repair or replace uh, a chimney liner. So the slip coat, uh, does is that like a mastic that you put down or is it one continuous piece that you treat and then it hardens? How does that work? It is It is kind of like a mastic. It's a, it is a, uh, a refractory mortar that we apply with a sponge and a winch system and it, uh, it literally will just resurface the inner portion of the liner and fill in any cracks or gaps that are that are there. Chris Cox joins us from Chimney Solutions. All right, uh, Chris, I got to tell you that there was a time in my life I lived down in Brown County. During the winter, I had a six by six inch square brush. I had a nine inch by nine inch square mm-hmm. brush, and I did my own uh, chimney cleaning. Ja- I, I, I'm not going to do that anymore, Chris. <laughs> what, tell me some. You know, is it possible for do-it-yourselfers to still do a good job, or is this is strictly a professional job now? They, there are a lot of people out there that still do it, uh, believe it or not, and, and um, I commend them. I, I think it's great for them to, to tackle that. I will say that there are portions 
of it that uh, a professional absolutely needs to look at. You know, we put specialized cameras inside the chimney liner to evaluate it. Uh, we're on the roof. You know, we're standing on top of these chimneys, looking at the crowns, making sure they're structurally stable, making sure there's not any water intrusion. So we look at the entire system as one whole piece, and we evaluate everything when we're out there. It takes a couple of hours. We give you a well-written report. We, we document it with photos and supply you with all that information. So um, there are certain things that homeowners love to do, and, and I commend them for it, but I really recommend a certified Chimney Safety Institute, certified professional uh, evaluate the fireplace and the chimney um, through a, an annual inspection. All right, so all of us have seen Mary Poppins, and all of us have seen <laughs> Dick Van Dyke as the chimney sweep. How do you folks keep from making a teetotal mess? Those brushes mm-hmm. are breaking lo- loose soot. How do you keep from making a teetotal mess uh, in and around the hearth? Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. So we, anytime we come into home, we're going to wear booties. We're going to put drop cloths down to make sure we keep your floors clean. Um, we use uh, specialized vacuums, and we run the uh, the hoses out the out the window or out the door, so we're not blowing any exhaust back in the house. And um, we have just different techniques in different times of the year dictates what we do, but we do a very good job making sure we keep your home clean. We would not be uh, much of a professional if we if we came in and just ran a brush and said, <laughs> you know, good luck, you know, and uh, and left your home a city mess. And accidents do happen, but man, we we do everything we can to prevent those, and we've got a pretty good track record, I think. Chris Cox joins us from Chimney Solutions. One last question. Yeah. In the plumbing business, we were always working with gas logs, mm-hmm. and we put in our gas logs, and everything was fine. And but inevitably, we would get some soot on mm-hmm. the hearth. Is there a way to get soot out of brick safely and effectively? I, I you know, I can't tell you the number of insurance claims I had because the guys got that soot on some place that they shouldn't get it. Is oh, there a way man, to clean yeah. that? Yeah, so what that stuff is, that's that's residue from the natural gas or the LP that's not fully combusted, right? So it's just an imbalance of fuel and air and, and heat. Um, and when it does happen and when it does get in the carpet or on the white tile or on the marble. Oh, it's on always grid, on something that stands out like oh, a sore thumb. I mean, it's, it's like a pimple awful. at prom time. Everybody's <laughs> looking at it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's super visible. So the way we get that out um, gosh, I mean, we do have special chemicals that we do utilize. Sometimes some soot and water and elbow grease, or sorry, uh, soap and water and elbow grease uh, really make a big difference. But, I mean, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? So we put all those tarps down to make sure we don't get it on the tarpet, on the carpet or on the hearth or anything like that. All right. Chris Cox from Chimney Solutions. How do people find Chimney Solutions? Absolutely. So our new shop is located on 86th and Lafayette Road. Uh, soon to be a uh, showroom, hopefully, 2024, so we're super excited about that. But chimneyindy.com is our website, and uh, you can call our main office and speak with Nicole there, uh, 317-757-6979. We'd love to get you taken care of. Sounds great. 757-6979. Chris Cox, thanks for sharing your time with us today, buddy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you, man. All right, man. Bye-bye. There you go. So, Jack... um, I'm a little bit. Uh, did you hear about the mix, mixture of even natural gas logs or oh, propane yeah. logs that you can still get soot from them? I never, and I never, we haven't even tried to turn that fireplace on in ten years, so I can only imagine what the freezing is dying. <laughs> <laughs> what that inspection is going to look well, like. Well, there you go. Listen to your buddy Chris Cox from Chimney Solutions. It, it's uh, an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure, as he says. When we're coming back, we'll be taking your phone calls. You give us a call three one seven. 
239-9393. But Allison, you have something. <laughs> I, if you heard Denny slowing down, it's because I, I got his attention. I was semaphore from, the, from World War II yeah. here, from one destroyer. But it's for to... a good reason. <laughs> yes, it is. See, we good. never, ever get to do this, but we are giving away five pairs of tickets to the Indianapolis Home Show, which started yesterday, and it's this weekend and next weekend. That's actually where our friend Terry Stacy is right now. The Indy Home Show, it's the 102nd anniversary. It's the one where they have the big centerpiece home within the West Pavilion that you can go around. There's over like 450 vendors. It's like the biggest... Uh, home show in and North we're America, giving them away and we're giving free? away pairs of tickets right now. How if many you call Kylan, we have five pairs of tickets, and you can use them throughout the next uh, week or so. And if you just call us now at two three nine ninety three ninety three. 239-9393 and Kylan will hook you up. Just be please, patient with her. Please be patient on the phones. I will get to you if I can. <laughs> so if, you, if you're ringing, just keep keep hanging on. Hey, if you see Terry, give her a shout out. She's the reason for the tickets. That's right. 239-9393 right here on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Every day, yeah, yeah. Ooh, baby, I love your way. Every day. Well, here we are at the Home and Garden Show, 20 minutes after the big time noon o'clock. If you have not heard Kylan's voice and you're still calling and all you're hearing is the ringing, you can hang up because we've got all the tickets spoken for at this point. And don't want you to just sit there thinking that you're still in there. She's got them all. uh, If she's talked to you and put you on hold, you're good. If she has not answered it and you haven't heard Kai's voice, then you might as well go ahead and hang up because all of them have already been given away. But thanks for playing the game. Uh, Allison, again, this is compliments to Terry Lynn Stacy. Yeah, Terry just had some extra tickets she wanted to give out to our lovely listeners. That's so nice of her. Well She's deserved. The, She's the best. Now, listen, tomorrow, uh, I should let Kai, I tell you what, once we get her off the phone, I'll let Kai tell you about what's going to happen on the first day tomorrow with Terry. Uh, got some interesting things. For those of you, I'll go ahead and tell you about investing since. For those of you uh, who are in the process of combining a household, uh, one of the things that we learned um, as financial managers is that people get married at different times in life. If you get married right out of high school, like our grandparents and our parents did, then nobody had any money. You just combined everything. And uh, that's how you started life. Uh, yours, mine, and ours. No, everything was ours. The checkbook, the finances, everything. Things change, and now kids are not getting married or not combining households until they're in their 30s. And everybody's established their lives uh, there financially. So tomorrow on the first day, we're going to sort of visit the the different situations about two people who have always managed their own money. What happens when you get married? That's going to be there tomorrow. And uh, I'll let Kai when she gets off. Again, if your phone is ringing when you're calling into the studio and you haven't heard Kai's voice, you go ahead and hang up because the tickets are already spoken for. All right, Jack, I want to know what's going on down in Atlanta, Georgia. You uh, were in charge of... 
I'm going to say the house plant side all of things. All things house plants. All things house plants. What did you see down there? So we saw a lot of cool. They have these temporary exhibits, so the big established vendors can go and set up in their showrooms. But then these kind of new up and coming brands get to set up in the temporaries. Uh, so we got some really fun house plant things. All right. So what does that mean, temporaries? You mean people who do not have a permanent showroom? Yeah. So they're not there year to year. They you know can't be there year to year, but it gives new products and new vendors an opportunity to get their foot in the door um so some really cool houseplant things that have been starting to trend online now is this where where pat would get the neon frogs and he would buy the frogs and stuff that's exactly where they come from Uh, they like to pawn that off on me because i said i grew up and had a little frog just like that jingles (laughs) his name was jingles he had three feet uh he was down one whoa, leg. Whoa, 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 down three feet. What? He got yeah. nailed by a snake or something? Oh, my neighbor when we were in Florida was watching uh, Jingles and dropped a rock <gasps> it, yeah, on his foot. Oh, and he that's lost as bad that as foot. Allison jumping off the zip line and smacking her leg. Allison, oh. you could be having just one leg. That's true. I think I broke uh, that same neighbor's parents' vase at some point in their so house. I, yeah, revenge. Eye you for think? an eye kind of thing. <laughs> All right. So, what did you see that was exciting? Not necessarily stuff that you brought back to. Yeah. Sully's, so we're really excited to get some of these new kind of moss pulls in every a what a moss pull so all these tropical house plants you know that like to climb need some type of support oh, okay i got gotcha. you so uh typically it's you know just a uh, a lot of moss wrapped up together around a piece of wood or a like bamboo stake two, two inch square uh you know exactly stake. okay and then that is what they can kind of grow up but now they've come up with some bendable ones so it gives you just a little bit more i guess you could just say character but also can let you fit you know it in different sizes different shapes um so this is what pat sullivan's diary is dear diary found an interesting moss pole we're going to let Jack buy it. If it succeeds, it's me. If see, it fails, I'm blaming Jack. I see it more <laughs> along the lines of Jack found some more of his weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I looked them, I looked them online. It's called Mossify, right? Yeah, Mossify is a brand. How um, do you spell it? Like M-O-S-S-I-F-Y? F-Y. That's right. All right. But they have every type of moss available, packs of moss that you can get to is, grow. Is it live or artificial? So most of it's dry, but you can get like fresh moss spores to grow in your own terrarium. Uh, they've met, ventured into plant lights and uh, misters, which can be pretty big. Uh, but it wasn't until after the show that we saw he had been on Shark Tank with that brand. Um, one of the sharks went for it, which is probably <laughs> why we saw him at market. Uh, but a very ridiculous uh presentation he put on <laughs> you you have to at least look up go to mossify.com and just scroll down that's the shark tank episode just that clip they're they're very um uh confident people it looks they, like they a, have a, a lot of show party it like truly a group does. of frat it truly does but i was seeing too online like a lot of people are like bending their moss things to look like hearts yeah. Or like different like shapes. I think that's kind of cool. So I guess I'm excited so. for Allisonville to get those. Well, it's going to be one of a few things that we're bringing in, you know, that we're really excited yeah. about. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, if you missed the first hour of the show, I was praising Jack because his degree, he's got actually got a master's degree in human computer interface. Did you see anything at the Atlanta show about computer interface with plants or did you see anything like that on actually surprisingly stuff? no um, it doesn't seem like they're venturing it i know a lot more tech is you know coming in but the extent of it seems to be 
turn the light that's on your plant on or off. Yeah, yeah. we're not there yet, but you certainly. You can do that with a timer, can't you? Exactly. Yeah. I will say I was very disappointed with the app that the market put out. Um, I was very judgmental of that because I <laughs> could have sent a few suggestions. We call that in. being opinionated, not yeah. judgmental. Just, I mean, very you can have an opinion. You don't yeah. have to judge. You just say, that sucks. <laughs> you know, I'm not spending my money on that. Oh, boy. All right. Our number, I think the phones have settled down now. Uh, Al, our, our Kai's about got everybody processed. It's 317-239-9393. So if you got a question for Jack, Jack may not be with, back with us for a while. He's easy to talk to if you've got a question about your shrubs, about your plants. When we come back, I promise you we're going to talk about arborvitaes and what we should be paying attention to you right promise? now. promise? I promise, <laughs> because this is, a, this is a difficult time of year for arbs and uh, there's a lot of different things we need to pay attention to but we've got plenty of room for your phone call the number is 317-239-9393 that's 239-9393 right here on the home and garden show on 93 wibc our thanks to the michelas corporation proud sponsors uh, of the Home and Garden Show. Water storms, fire, and wet basements. Life happens. Michelis happens to help you through it. You give them a call if you get in a pickle. 844-FIX-INDY. We're going to go to Kai in just a minute. Kyle and Tally. For those of you who called in to uh, to for the giveaway of the Home and Garden or the Home Show tickets, that uh, you can't believe how that, that uh, phone system lit up. I think we have 12 lines, and they lit up. Uh, so very, very quickly, and Kai's worked their way through that. But we promised you we were going to talk about arborvitaes. I want to talk about boxwoods, and I'm going to the pro from Dover, mm-hmm. and that's Jack Phipps from Allisonville Home and Garden by Sullivan. All right, let's talk about arborvitaes first. This yeah. is we got freeze, we got thaw. What do we have to worry about on our arbs? So, really, I think it's that wind kind of freeze damage that we're going to see. And unfortunately, a lot of times people put them in as a privacy screen or a wind block, and that kind of leads to the browning that we're starting to see show up this time of year. They're doing their job. They are the windbreak. Now, if we get a good thaw, can we put on that... that spray that protects wiltproof. wiltproof thank so, you. So yeah, so we do actually sell big landscape size bottles. You can get a concentrate to put in a pump sprayer. Yeah. But you can put that on. All you need is that kind of three hour sunny window above fifty degrees. There we uh, go. And I think that's your best protection. There you go. So if you've got arbs, keep an eye on them. They are windscreens, but it's that very wind that can uh, also be their demise. So Thick layer of mulch, too, around the base. Uh, yeah, exactly. But not right up to the trunk, leave that collar. And there's nothing wrong with watering it. We, we don't want to water them when they're frozen, but we might want to water them if we get a little bit of a thaw because they still they get thirsty they, in the wintertime. They time. pull up water, so if the ground is hard frozen, you know, you're going to see some browning on them. All right, Jack Phipps from Allisonville Home and Garden. Uh, what about boxwoods? Last year, we got the snot kicked out of us with... Uh, boxwood blight and then we talked to that gentleman from purdue, purdue. And, and found out that there were other things what's going on with boxwoods right now? yeah so he kind of filled us in and we've noticed uh you know a lot of boxwoods are getting some brown spots and unfortunately freeze damage uh you know it takes one or two nights below 30 and then we get that wind chill so we get a lot of frost damage and that can look just like a patchy fungus say boxwood blight how do you feel about and i see this all the time yeah. when people have boxwoods they'll get out their their leaf blower 
And when we get a little bit of a thaw, they'll use that to blow the snow off. I'm not a big fan of ever getting aggressive with any sort of vegetation to knock snow off. But Especially you- when the leaves are, if the snow's there, they're kind of, you know, just about frozen. And if you're shaking it off, you're going to lose a lot of that foliage. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least, okay. So how do you feel about the blow blow dryer? Uh, not, not dryer, but blowing yeah, it off. Yeah, maybe very lightly, but I don't know if it's necessarily okay. worth it. I would do it if it were more on my arm that would, you know, maybe start to splay. Right. Uh, because once those start to spread, they're never going to, you know, perk right back up. You can always find Jack at Allisonville. Are you there basically five days a week? Just about every day, but Monday and Tuesday. Every day, but Monday and Tuesday. He's a he's a real gentleman. You'll really like him. Um, I met him before I knew that he was really ever going to show up on the show, and I just thought, what a great personality, always trying to help. And then I find out that you've got a computer background. I'm still mm-hmm. flabbergasted about that. So whenever you need an app, let me know. And whenever you need yeah. <laughs> That works. All right. Kai's still uh, processing phone calls, so we're going to go out and talk to Karen. Karen, welcome to the Home and Garden Show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Is it hard to be named Karen now? It is. Bless your heart. Uh, <laughs> I think to everybody. <laughs> you know, uh, I think about, you know, every once in a while they, uh, they'll they just start beating up on somebody and calling them a Karen. And I'm going, I'm remembering all these Karens when I was growing up, and they were all nice. Yeah, I work with some great Karens. <laughs> yeah. All right. I wonder if I wasn't the one they named it for. Oh, don't no. be going there now. All right, so Karen, what have you got for us? I have an, uh, 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 oh, what was it? Wisteria that is overgrown, and I'm wondering how, I don't know anything about pruning it and what it needs. Yeah, so um, if you haven't pruned it yet, I would hold off. Uh, it's pushed out and kind of, sl- so it's, made all of its buds for the spring so the growth that comes out is going to give you your biggest kind of flush of blooms um, but then after that you could go ahead and cut it back and typically they'll say to cut it back to if it's going on a pergola you know cut it right back to that pergola structure uh, otherwise it can kind of get really overgrown uh, and they're vigorous growers so don't be afraid i've cut mine back all the way you know a few inches from the ground and just kind of giving it a fresh start Okay, so it, it's it's on a um, it's on an arbor thing, and so it's starting to take the arbor down to, with it. Yeah. So you could cer- certainly thin it out now, um, just so that when that new growth does come, it's not going to get so heavy that it collapses that arbor. Um, but after it blooms, you can even kind of trim out some of the smaller vines and just keep those big thick branches and those can push out new vines for you every year so you could even cut back to those karen at uh, allisonville home and garden in the first in the first bay for the greenhouse up against what i'm going to call the south wall are some really tall uh reinforced green plastic or green they look like rebar yeah and those would be really good to re-support your uh you know your, your arbor trellis in the meantime. Your arbor in the meantime i hate to you know, people have so many beautiful things on those arbors and yet they get so heavy that you can't support them well you can do you can do braces on them afterwards yeah, yeah that's what i plan on after i get them cut back where i can manage it but yeah but yeah don't be afraid to give it a really heavy cut back they're vigorous and they'll bounce right back okay all thanks. right well thanks for the call karen danny i'm your uh birthday person i'm on the same birthday as you birthday twin june 11 that works that works i will just say that i'm older than you karen okay (laughs) all right well thanks thanks for calling you take care
All right, we're going to go over to Kai Lynn Talley, who's going to tell us about the first day tomorrow. Uh, Kai, what we got going tomorrow? There's a lot. It's a big lineup. Well, Super Bowl, uh, well, both NFL Super Bowl, but also an event involving soup. So quite soup. literally, Super Bowl. Oh. There's an event coming to Indianapolis, so we're going to talk about that. The NBA All-Star Weekend is around the corner. Three weeks. Yeah, and so we'll talk That's to crazy. some people about that. To Kill a Mockingbird. The Broadway play is coming to Indianapolis at Clues Memorial Hall. Yeah, we're talking to the actor who plays Tom Robinson. And hey, fun fact I think this is wild. The actress, the young actress who played Scout Finch in the movie To Kill a Mockingbird, is playing Mrs. DuBose in the Broadway play. Oh, awesome. So she's just had a life full of To Kill a Mockingbird. Full circle. That's very cool. I have a good friend, and one of these days we'll interview him. He handles the bloodhounds for Hamilton County. He names all of his dogs after characters in To Kill a Mockingbird. He his um, he just lost wow. Scout, but he's he all of his all of his yeah. dogs are named after the Atticus. There I will say oh. <laughs> I will say there aren't many tickets left. If you want to hear the conversation, it's we're going to have such a good time tomorrow. But if you want tickets, I will say right now, get them as soon as you can. Today. There's mostly sure just single seats left. Wow. And then we'll talk to our indie during food news. Are you on Instagram in a public way or private way? If people, public. Public. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you can find Kylan Tally. Kai posted it's something. It's K-I-E-L-Y-N-N. It's a hard name, unique, but K-I-E. L-Y-N-N dot tally. Tell them about this video you did at the garage. I'm, I'm telling you, I saw every food group known to the Lord. <laughs> and But it, what we had some food brought to us last Saturday or last Sunday. Mm-hmm. And tell them about this video you did. It's So I did a video for Savor the Garage, which is an event that they had at the Garage Food Hall. If you've never been to it, it's at the Bottle Works District. Jack or Allison, have you been to the Bottle Works District? Oh, love it over yeah, there. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, it's fantastic. Denny, this was his introduction to the Bottle Works District. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it's a great introduction. If you've never been to the garage, take a trip over there. Court. So many different options. They have it worldwide options. They've got Greek, they've got Brazilian, they've got Cuban, they've got it's it the options. Lobster market over there. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. The lobster rolls. Oh, even just personal, like English, Scottish food, it's great. And okay. even if you just want a hamburger, Clancy's hamburgers are great. Oh, those are good. These are local businesses. These are not franchises. These are mm-hmm. local businesses. They're all, they're not struggling. They're really flourishing over there. Get over there and give them a break. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they're just wonderful people. You know why I love Bottle Works, too? Hotel right upstairs. Oh, oh yeah. And if you there feel you, you need to go and indulge a bit, <laughs> enjoy the night. Have you and stayed the night there? No, but I know a few people that did. Oh, my gosh. It's on my list. Kind of like yeah. a staycation. Sure. 30th wedding anniversary night Yeah, there. it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's fun. The Bottle Works District was made from the old Coca-Cola distributing right. company. And so the fact that they kept most of the design and some of even like the antique machinery that they had it's fantastic is it a historical building probably should be yeah yeah i don't know if it's on the register like the harness factory hey listen earlier we had a phone call about somebody who had a whole family of groundhogs underneath their Mm -hmm. their shed and i think his name was terry i had a listener that sent me a quick email her name is karen another karen (laughs) she goes my remedy for varmints is to put my bose bluetooth speaker with bobcat sounds right by it. I looked it up online. It works. Wow. 
That's, so, that would be really interesting to do in Indiana you know, yeah. to see think, if it works. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Karen, thank you very much. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I'm if anybody I tries, my... please let us know. Well, seriously, right. that's a great idea. All right. When we come back, it is the speed round where we take as many of your calls as we possibly can. If you've been waiting patiently, now's a really good time for you to give us a call. 317-239-9393. It's 239-9393. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. It's been a quick four hours. We've talked chimneys, mental health, groundhogs, and now it's time to answer your questions about the Home and Garden Show. But you want to talk about cold plunges, and that's okay! (laughs) (laughs) It's the speed round. Who's ready? Who? Who? I'm ready. You can't handle the speed round. The speed round is brought to you by... Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. Great pricing on Lazy Boy. Is she great or what? Indiana-made Smith Brothers Furniture. Mattresses made in Indiana and maintenance-free outdoor furniture. Free delivery up to 75 miles. That's 75 miles. It's ThompsonFurniture.net. Man, Pat makes that look a lot easier yeah. than what it is. I noticed you took a drink before and <laughs> after, after that. Yeah. A little clearing of the throat. A little, little, little clearing Well, of the throat. let's go to the phone lines. Yeah, we don't have uh, any calls. All right. Well, <laughs> well that's done, okay. Pat. But I'm so amped up for this speed round. That's all that matters. Yeah. 239-9393. Oh, we'll squeeze you in. I had this uh, when we were doing the, <laughs> the interview with Chris Cox from Chimney Solutions. I got this note and I missed it. Kai sent over through our super secret, you know, uh, interstellar space. Instant comment. message. <laughs> says, if these guys don't fit down the chimneys, how does Santa? That's a yeah. good cra- you know? question. Santa is magical. He is. So, he yeah, can he slim can down. down. I think in the Santa, the original Santa Claus movie with, uh, who was that? Tim Allen? Yes. Uh, we see that the chimney actually magically expands. Yeah. And the fireplace grows uh, as he comes down. That's pretty cool. Makes sense to me. Sense. Hey, I do want to say thanks to Sean Copeland from our sister station, B105.7. You know what? If you've got some issues with mental health, don't don't let them, uh, don't think they're going to disappear. You got to face them up. And uh, that's what I like about Sean. He's a, he's a really good guy. If you can reach out to him, I'm sure he'll give you a hand. And also, I want to say thanks to my old neighbor, um, <laughs> Todd Scoggins, who gets in the cold water every morning, <laughs> and certainly Chris Cox, who uh, who helped us with our chimneys today. Right now, we're going out and we're going to talk to Brad on this uh, speed round line. Brad, take your time. You're the only <laughs> one in the in the queue, brother. Thank you, sir. Uh, I saw a cute joke on uh, Facebook. Um, a, a, a blonde was smacking her husband with her shoe and screaming at him and said, and she said, uh, I saw your cell phone. I saw your phone. Who is Amber Alert? <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, quick, that's, quick, that's shout, quick shout out to Allison. I know you, Allison. Have a great day. Oh, thank uh, you oh, so much. Go. I just got a, a message from one of our northern friends. His name's Kurt, and Kurt Cole Morgan says, "Good show today. Great job, Allison. Look at this. <gasps> oh, thank Shout you out so from much. Kurt. Watch out, Pat. Oof. Hey, look, we're getting some calls now. Let's get out and talk to Becky. Hey, Becky. Is it because of my intro? Hey, how you doing? It's a good day, Becky. What you got for us? 
So I have been trying to do more native plants. Yeah. Okay. And I recently discovered that there is a native burning bush. It is a euonymus. Uh, I think locally it's called a wahoo. I thought that uh, was a fish. <laughs> it's actually a plant, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so I was just curious if if Sullivan's has access to anything along those lines. It would be great to replace the burning bushes I have with native ones. Yeah, so at this point, that's not something that uh, garden centers have had access to. Um, it's actually one that I'm not familiar with. The state of Indiana is actually they're banned. Beautiful, banned. Yeah, yeah. So they're really sensitive. They've they've got a high level of pistivity if you say burning bush in any of your advertisements. So they'll they'll come to you, but So I don't want to say, you know, definitively that that's something we would never carry. We'd definitely have to do a little research. But it's called that. a Wahoo. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it is uh it's it, it's in the Euonymus family. And it has the same square stems, but it has a a different um uh, a different type of berry on it. Okay. And I, I, it's it's been listed several times in the native plant group that I belong oh, yeah. to, where people are taking pictures of it out in the wild. They're finding it, and the native plant experts are like, "Yeah, this is a wahoo. It's the it's the native burning bush." I'm sorry, are you saying wahoo or wazoo? Wahoo. 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 It's called the Eastern Wahoo. Gosh. Yes, thank you. That's it. Well, Becky, thanks for giving us a call. You know, that's very cool. It looks um, like it's actually in the bittersweet family. You know what? If 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 the folks that are so sensitive about these native species and then invasive species, if they find out that any home center is doing something, and people turn you in, and you're, you're saying, well, then, "No, wait, this is not on the list," isn't it? You know, it's a fight for home and garden centers for sure. All right, we've got uh, Chris. We got uh, three minutes. Let's see if we can get Chris in here. Hey, Chris, how are you? Not bad yourself. It's a good day, Chris. What you got? Moles. I, I, you guys. I heard you touched on it earlier, but I missed that segment. So, um, I'm an avid person that treats my lawn. Never really had a problem with them. Um, this past year, I got a new neighbor that has four dogs and has chased them back into my yard. Oh, man. Uh, you can't move. Yes. Allison, tell him what, our, what our, uh, our remedy is. You need about five dogs now to counteract the neighbor. <laughs> no, that's not then, right. Oh, don't. No, no, okay. no. <laughs> well, also, Pat always mentions talpard worms, which are basically gummy worms that you can get. Tomcat sells them. Um, tons of hardware stores. There you go. Tomcat's the best way to go. You can do the harpoon ta- trap or the scissor trap. That will always give you a body, but really the most effective have, have been these talpred worms. No firearms, if possible. No firearms. Pitchforks is okay. I, well, put them down. Try, can, try the talpred worms first. Yeah. I remember my old neighbor, <laughs> Mr. Burnett, Quentin Burnett, and uh, he just had a pitchfork, and he'd sit there patiently with his Budweiser, wait till he saw a movement, and go over there and just he? nail him. I'm you're, sorry. you're going to strike three here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we're, almost, we're almost to the end. Regular we got Jeff. Minutes. We got Come about on. a minute, Jeff. What's up? Hey, uh... Denny, I've noticed a smell that's electrical coming out of our furnace. Now, remember, I live in an old home that was built in 1930s here in Martinsville. So, Is it uh, gas or electric furnace? It's a gas furnace. I know this is an HVAC question, but trying to squeeze it in. It's okay. I'm yeah. noticing electrical smell, like almost electrical wire burning coming out of the uh, the registers. All right. 
Um, I'm going to put you back on hold and talk quick because we're right up against it. Jeff, normally what we're smelling is is uh, dust being burned off the heat exchanger. But if you've already got a gas furnace or a fuel furnace, then that dust should have burned, been burned off the first uh, time we heated it up. I would have somebody check it out, uh, but I'm still leaning towards something that got hot that hasn't been hot before. But this is definitely something that you're going to want to have an HVAC um, professional take a look at. Electrical really does smell like a lint burn, but you got to look into it, Jeff. And uh, Jeff, you know how to find me. It's Denny at WIBC.com. I'll always call you back and uh, do my best to help you. Hey, folks, it's been a great day. Great uh, thanks show, for joining Denny. us. Sully will be back with us next week. Thanks for your company right here Thank on you, 93 Jack. WIBC.